The following episode of Max Level is brought to you by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. You're listening to the Max Level Podcast for May 13th, 2019. On today's show, Final Fantasy VII Remake. The crew goes in-depth with Days Gone, League of Legends, and Glitter Bombs. They also start the initial hype train for next month with an E3 gut check. All this and the usual fun segments on today's episode of the Max Level Podcast. On with the show. We can officially start this show by saying, and I've, I've said this every morning upon waking up, we live in a world where Final Fantasy VII Remake has been re-revealed. I still can't believe it. You're just waiting for it. I just wanted to see if it worked. You just, yeah. you just yeah. yeah, dude, it sounded crisp. It sounded clear. <laughs> just like the trailer that we saw at State of Play 2. This past Thursday, May 9th, go check out our reaction video on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash level down games. I reacted to to the entire thing and gave a sort of analysis on on what I thought based on what they decided to show. But Final Fantasy VII Remake finally, finally, finally re-debuted and it looks incredible. It looks amazing. It doesn't even look like it should be Final Fantasy VII. It doesn't. the, The game. It looks like a Devil May Cry game. Yeah, mix like uh, they they are borrowing the combat heavily from Final Fantasy 15, right? That obviously they're going to reuse a lot of what they have because it's already there. It works. Like yeah. why why would you it would have taken them longer to make the game. It's already taken them quite a while. I mean, it's 2019. Come on. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been, I think it was finally, that was a stain song. Been a while. Since it's been I... a while. <laughs> they... You know, that Aaron Lewis is crazy. So, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about him later. But... Oh, man, he's amazing. He's so good. It was 2013 or 2015. One of the two. The game was in a Sony PlayStation E3 press conference. Press press conference of press conferences, amazing press conference, the same press conference that Shenmue 3 was officially announced at. So this this game has like legendary status, obviously. It's Final Fantasy VII. And we've we've been waiting for it forever. It's finally, finally, finally getting closer. Dude, I I, I mentioned this in the reaction video, but I'm starting to kind of think now this game might actually release next year. This could actually be a 2020 game. This could still make PlayStation 4. I totally agree with you. And I was on the fence last time we talked about this. I think, didn't we talk about pushing it back to PS5? Yeah, yeah. We'd even talked about because there, there's still a lot of uncertainties. Square Enix did release a statement and they said that they are committed to releasing Final Fantasy 7 in parts. So I know I mentioned in the reaction video that maybe maybe they scrapped the episodic nature of the game and they were going to go to a more, you know, just single release like we had before. But it seems like they're still committed to the episodic nature. But I went back and did a little bit more digging, and I remember that when they announced this game, they had said that 
Final Fantasy VII Remake would release very much like how Final Fantasy XIII released, so that you have the first full part, and then you have another full part, and then you have a final full part. So it would be like in three stages, but each time they put something out, it's like a, a full 30 to 50 hour experience, much like Final Fantasy 13 was. So that I kind of think that's the idea that they're trying to get with it. And if they could do that, if they release Final Fantasy 7 Remake Part 1 in spring 2020, I'm actually okay with that if it's a full game. Oh, yeah, well... A full game based on what's there, as long as there is a full game there. Like, if it ends at a certain point in the original story, that's fine, but I still want a full game. You know what? I'm okay with it, and it's only because growing up, when we played this game, traditionally it was on, what, three discs? Three or four, yeah. Three or four discs. Kids nowadays, they don't know the struggle. (laughs) There is something special about making it to the completion of a disc in an RPG. Right? Absolutely. Like you get to the screen and it says, please insert disc two. And you're like, oh, holy crap, I freaking I'm doing it like there. There is a a milestone in that. And, it, and it's exciting. Like to me, I'm OK with them releasing it episodically, even if there's a lot of time between the episodes, because you shouldn't be able to just plow through this thing all at once. Do you want to? Yes. But it's not meant to be breezed over. This game is a. Uh, a love letter to a game that came out and really just changed the world of RPGs. In my opinion, I think Final Fantasy VII was very pivotal in how JRPGs were produced moving after its release, right? 1000%. I mean, this this is what defined JRPGs moving forward after this. I mean, before you had like the Chrono Trigger type stuff on Super Nintendo that helped define what a JRPG and RPG was up to like Final Fantasy seven. Well, yeah, look at it. So you've got or even like the Dragon Quest games, I guess, to an extent. Exactly. Yeah. If for Square, especially Final Fantasy six was the typical formula that they always followed, except for they introduced more protagonist characters. Right. To, to battle the one uh, antagonist, Kefka. Right. And so yeah, Emperor Gestal in, in six, he's a bad guy, but he's more of a puppet. And, and so you look at that formula and you think, OK, like, where can we go from here? They use the same type of overlay for the for the um, menu and they use the same overworld map. And, you know, a lot of the music sounded the same. And, and so they really upped their game to seven and they really changed it with dynamic kind of like 2D ish, 3D ish environments and there was a lot more cutscene action there was a lot of stuff about the game that really in my opinion was driven by innovation and so if you look at final fantasy 7 remake and you just want to plow through it like it's every other game you're missing the point of them releasing it you know it's it's a love letter it's it's a tribute it's something that allows you to reimagine the story. It's not like they're making a new game here. They are retelling the story from a different perspective. It's the same game, but it is a retelling of the story. So they they have a lot of liberties to do with this. Like they can, they're not going to change things drastically, except for maybe the combat, which we've already seen. The combat is definitely drastically changed. 
but the story they did battle the same, same bosses. They yeah. did, they did, they did. Final Fantasy VII, crap my pants. I definitely am disappointed that they didn't reveal it at the Square Enix concert. You know, that would have been more amazing it to say. It still could hey, show up there, though. The you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's not a reveal. So true. In, in my opinion, this PlayStation experience did not need FF7 Remake. It would have been OK on its own without it. It didn't need it, but I'm glad it had it because the first one was so bad. It's true. It's going to be interesting to see what they what they show now at this concert that they were going to have the weekend of E3. Plus, at the end of the trailer, it did say more information coming in June. So we have to assume, I mean, it will be stupid to not think it's going to show up at Square Enix's own press conference. They're releasing the information episodically? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. I mean, I guess they've already started to, though, huh? I guess it already I'll is tell you, episode two coming in June. I tell you what I would like to see out of the, the demo this year at the E3 press conference. It's, it's really simple. Just show just show what you've already shown. Show the plate falling and then show Sephiroth becoming the bad guy. And, and we're good. We're good. Like, it's totally fine. Just prime the pumps, show people the premise of the game and call it a day. Because I think a lot of people have played this game, but there's a lot more people who are going to play this game that don't know about the game. We don't want to spoil it, right? That's Good kind of the premise that I would point. want to go off. Good Good think about point. That, yeah. Good point. Are we at a point now in in gaming history where we have to start not divulging Final Fantasy VII spoilers because the game is relevant again and getting ready to release? Do we have to do we have to rein those back now? Should we not openly no talk way. about it? Three, you get three weeks, okay? I'm not giving you 20 something, I'm not giving you 20 something years, okay? You get do, you know how, do, you, do you know how Endgame ended? No. You get three weeks. Hey, I know how it ended now though, but you get three weeks and those three weeks start when the game comes out. So leading up to that, we have to pretend the game never existed. So we can't we can't talk about spoilers. You know, if I would make the If we're gonna pretend the game didn't exist, can't we talk, can there be Final Fantasy VIII? No, that's the best one. <laughs> That's the best one. That's the best one right there. That is the uh, that is the longest time from cold opening of the show to the point where we now get to. But if you didn't know, this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast found right here at <laughs> Level Down Games. For those just joining us, welcome home. We're four friends that enjoy sitting around on a Saturday morning discussing our biggest shared passion, video games. Joining us on Whoa. this episode, he was late. He wasn't there at first. You didn't know. You would have never known had I not told you. It's Frank. Let's go. Oh, that's me. See? Blaming it, blaming it on the internet. Bull <laughs> crap. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see how long I actually last in the episode. <laughs> with, with this terrible connection. Just like a bunch of my friends' dads. In and out all the time. Oh. Like the food? Oh, sorry, in guys. The food in and out? That's good food. No, like, like hey, son, it, you're I six know. years old. Why you got so big? <laughs> also on this episode over there in the booth you hear him now the uh the the bunny is running rampant in the background it's sean hey we, we had i don't see her right now though i don't see her we, She's okay all right i got a, i got a confession these are my confessions okay i put the bunny away okay i'm sorry all right you put her down i no no, no no i didn't put her down <laughs> it, it's okay, it's okay, Ms. Butterworth. Oh, is that what you were doing when you walked away for a minute? 
Yeah, yeah, because she was chewing on everything. Okay, if you own a bunny and you don't know this by now, they are samplers. All right, so liken it to the guy who goes to Applebee's on a Tuesday night when he's feeling frisky and he just orders all the apps. Okay? That's right. That's they right. walk around and they just chew on everything a little bit. It's not like they they like they're beavers. They gnaw on things for hours. She just wants to taste everything. Well, it pisses me off. Well, the awesome boss awesome like it. <laughs> yeah. Until they're freaking chewing on your house. Get that crap out of here. Not feeling it. Kyle is unfortunately not with us this week, so. It's so hard, hard <laughs> to say goodbye to yesterday. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, he'll be back in like two weeks. I think he's working this week and he's working next week, so we should have him again in uh, roughly two weeks two on the episode. Weeks. Two he's on sabbatical. weeks. Yeah, he's on sabbatical. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for our videos. Everyone absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five star rating and a review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. Hey, we're also one month out from the festivities of E3 2019. We'll have full coverage once again here at Level Down Games in multiple places. Head on over to leveldowngames.com forward slash E3 for a full calendar of events that is constantly being updated as we learn more about the show. We'll have reactions to the latest trailers, full reactions to each and every press conference, and a full recap of the show here on Max Level, where we dive into all the major happenings. Leveldowngames.com is your best bet for all of our E3 coverage this year, as you'll be able to see everything we do the minute it goes live. E3 full frontal assault. It's long, it's strong, and it's known to get the friction on. <laughs> there you go. That's, You're so dirty. That's that's our that's our tagline well, for this year. That's I, our tagline. I, I, I quoted the, the great poet Sir Mix a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's good. We. Yeah have a couple things that I'm lumping together here that I want to just kind of see what we're feeling on this. And Sean, you and I talked about, actually we talked about everything in this, in the smaller scale discussion over the past week, but there a lot of things happened that kind of go hand in hand and we can just kind of bank things off one another. So the three things that I want to group together and see what we can get out of this. First of all, over the past week, an update was pushed out for Anthem. Update 1.1.1. This added a game-breaking bug. The game has been out since February. The latest update last week pushed out game-breaking bug once again. Probably the third or fourth game-breaking bug that that game has had since the game came out. I think it's shipped with one. Maybe shipped with two. I don't know. And then there's been one since, and now there's another. So Anthem still struggling. Do you think that's going to make its score drop down, like rating wise? No, 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 no. Because most people aren't going to go. Son of a gun. Because I, I, I bank that Crackdown would do way better than Anthem, and Crackdown has not had a game breaking bug. It hasn't had a great. It has not. Uh, other than the game itself. Other than the game itself, it has not had a game breaking bug. That's going to be such a hard thing to go back and score when we do like the year end calculations for those is like, what actually was the success story there? Because neither one of them is a success story. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I'll make the argument that, Frank, you're actually right, because how often have we talked about Anthem sucking versus not talking about Crackdown? Right. But is it better to talk about something in a bad light and instead of just not at all like no, no, no we're not going with the uh, all press is good press uh i don't know 
tell them the THQ Nordic. Yeah. <laughs> Ubisoft. Kofi. Kofi. Ubisoft announced Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which Hell is yeah. ba- which is basically Wildlands 2.0 set to come out on October 4th. If you pre-order it, all the early editions come out October 1st, so a couple days early. And after reading through it, it's a seamless open world game. It can be played from start <laughs> to finish in co-op. It has a lot of elements that are very similar to Anthem. This this feels like it was or is going to be what Anthem tried to promise. They're they're going to have progression. It's a full featured game. There's going to be raids. It's going to have an end game. There's post launch content. Everything we've heard before. So now we have that trying to come into this it's atmosphere. I don't think it will. It's it's definitely not going to take off. I mean, I think it's going to be kind of in the middle. It, it probably. But for that, me, that's failing. I don't think that's failing. Anything less than the best is a felony. No, but I think that the fact that they're releasing. That particular game two and a half weeks after Borderlands three is going to be tough, which is point number three. Breakpoint is releasing just weeks after Borderlands three, but Borderlands three, as we know, because the only person here that's hyped for it is Frank to an extent is not for everyone. <laughs> Ghost Recon Wildlands Me and the rest of the, the world are waiting for Ghost Recon answer. Wildlands was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. I, I'm not denying that you played it. Did you not? A, but yes, I, people, people are still playing that game online today they to the state because they're crazy. Shout out to Matt, who plays that game all the time. Uh, (laughs) I think that I I think that this is what I want to focus on here and and see, you know, first of all, Sean, what is going on with Anthem? What is up with this? They're floundering. They're having several key people leave the project in order to move on to uh, Dragon Age, Dragon Age four. Right. So with Anthem, I think the issue is the vision was never really realized. And so when we talked about it in the past, we, we read a huge article from Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. Shout outs to my boy. How you doing? We've, we've talked so much about this game. Yeah, we, we've gone in depth with what it was supposed to be, what it turned out being, what, how, did, how did it get there? Who was hurt in the process? Who is now working on the game? The game was originally supposed to be a world crawler, not a flyer. Okay, and the reason why flying got added is because they added it, took it out, added it, took it out, added it, took it out literally that many times, I think. And then a key boss, uh, you know, I can't even remember his name. I'm not going to talk it because it's just going to piss me off. Who cares? Was like, that's what I want. I want that. I love that. (laughs) And because of that, they added it into the game. And in my opinion, they broke and made the game at the same time. So Anthem is supposed to be a world discovery game where you leave a bastion and you go out into the world with people you discover it you come back and as you do it you progress you level up your javelin or your armor right and then at the end of the game you have a dope javelin and you go into the whatever heart of sin or whatever and and you take on the final game now anthem people blow through the game it's all about just completing missions it's kind of more like monster hunter where all they care about is defeating a specific monster or mission and then going back to home camp and upgrading or, or doing whatever. So I feel like Anthem now is kind of lost. They, they don't have the ability to go back and change those things because they already have an established player base. 
and they've already failed a lot. So now they're afraid to try to do things. They're just trying to add little things here and there. And what it's doing is it's breaking the game because the game was already broken. A lot of people are thinking that they keep breaking the game over and over again. No, it's always been broken. It's just the bandaid that they put on it keeps falling off. So how do you put a bandaid on somebody who's soaking wet? The game came out. It was not ready. It's just it wasn't. I know. And there people are going to hate it. I honestly think that they're trying and that's a good sign. You know, if the game was broken and they were just like, you know what? It's not going to happen. They would quit doing stuff to it. EA doesn't put out stuff to save its reputation. EA and Bioware have a reputation. They don't care. They're going to save it when they put out Dragon Age 4. So the fact that they're still trying to fix Anthem is a good sign. And I'm happy about it. It's actually the only thing that makes me look at the game in a positive light. It's just sad that it's not going to be a good playable game until probably two years after its release. What I want to know, are you more interested, Sean, in Ghost Recon Breakpoint because of that, based off of what we've seen? Yes and no. Okay. So here's the problem with Ghost Recon. We don't know anything about it. We just have seen a trailer. It's not like we've seen gameplay. It's not like we've had hands on. We we don't we know. Just, we, mean, ju- it, we just have the infographics that they release based, you know, they telling us what the game is going to be about. You can make the argument that it's a it's a Ghost Recon game. And, and I, I'm sure Frank can agree with me on this. It, it is what it is. You put out a new version of it. It's really the same game. It's just they upgrade the engine and they tweak things sometimes. But it's the same thing. Yeah. So. It, To me, we kind of know what we're getting into, which is scary, because what are you going to change? What are you going to do? Are you going to pull it off the way Anthem promised to? Now, with a Ghost Recon game, that's easier because you're not having to upgrade the armor, which potentially changes the entire gameplay experience. Like in Anthem, we flew around and we had different abilities. In Ghost Recon, everyone walks around and has guns. So it's, it's kind of more realistic. It's easier to rein in. Um, you kind of have expectations set already based on the type of game that it is. My fear is that it's just going to be like the Division 2. I hope and not. it's going to have a lot of buzz and then die off really quickly afterwards because level one feels like level 50. You know, in, in the Division, all you do is run into dudes. You crouch down and you hide and you pop out and you shoot them until you're done. And then you go back to your base and kick it with the guy who owns the shopping cart and upgrades. That's it. <laughs> the division has always been like that, though. Even the first one was like that. Like, that's what I that's what bugs me about the division. But at least Ghost Recon, I actually enjoyed previous Ghost Recon games. Not so much Wildlands, though. That one, I, no? I it was fun for a little while, but it got boring quick. Like it was the the concept of the game was fun for the first, you know, several missions that you participated in. But after that, it got boring, at least in, to me, it did. But like the the ones that were, say, like on the PlayStation 2 or the original OG Xbox, those are the Ghost Recon games that I really, really, really enjoy. It, and those are the ones that my uncle and I used to sit down every freaking November for Thanksgiving. Like the family would get together after dinner. Him and I would go back into my room and play Ghost Recon, that's what we always played every single year, every single November. It was Ghost Recon. That's like one of the things that I have, like one of the bonding moments, one of the only bonding moments, I guess I have with with my actual uncle. And I enjoyed those games, games as a service, which is what 
Breakpoint is and which is what Wildlands was and which is what Anthem is. And every game that releases nowadays from a major company like this, it always ends up being a games as a service type of a game. Those ones always end up bugging me. But I am I am, as I always say, cautiously optimistic for for Breakpoint because I still want that experience, Sean, that you and I wanted to get out of Anthem. That's something I still want to have. First of all, we know Frank's going Borderlands 3. We know for absolutely. a fact. We know Frank yeah, is going yeah. Borderlands. I don't even have to ask him. And, and no love lost there. No love no, lost. No, I mean, no, no, absolutely. I'm a fan of the series. Like, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm a fan of Ghost Recon too, though. Yeah, I kind of want to play both. Obviously, I will play both, but I kind of want to play both just so that I can have experience with each. But you had to choose one. We know Frank's going Borderlands 3. Kyle, not getting either one. We know. Kyle's not a, the only reason he got the division was to play with his friends. He, he never plays it anymore. He, he talked to me about this a little bit. He has no interest in Ghost Recon. Probably isn't going to get Borderlands unless he plays it with a group of people. So what you're getting at is you want to know what I'm going to pick. Yeah. What, what are you going to pick? Because I, 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 be. I would I would lean towards Breakpoint myself. Uh, does Breakpoint have guns with that they can walk? We, don't, <laughs> yeah, we do not know yet. <laughs> I, I have I have a, a wish list. Okay. And sometimes I get a little crazy with these, so rein me in if I'm not. But my vision for Ghost Recon, how it sets itself apart from Borderlands, is to make it a dynamically changing game. And a lot of people are going to go, well, how can you do that? Because you're basically a, a ghost on an island that is inhabited and controlled by this evil force, right? And you're kind of like a renegade. So we saw in the trailer that the main antagonist is actually a ghost too, quote unquote ghost. We don't know really what that entails right now in this game. New players are going to come into the environment, make the game change and make it to where the evil guys come in and run out the, the good ghosts out of their like little layers. And you have to run and establish new ones and make the game dynamically change like that all the time. That's number one. That's my ask. Number one. So okay. it doesn't become stale. I like okay? it. Or you make an island off that coast where they don't come and that's your base. Those, th those are the two options I would have. The third, the third ask is when people come in and they're like new to the game, treat them as if they're new troops at a war front. Like you, you show up, people are already established. You're in the same base as them. They just have higher accolades. They have more stars on their helmet. They have better gear. Um, you know, you can still go out with them and fight and do whatever it is they're doing, but you have a crappy pistol and they've got a freaking AR-17 with all this crap on it, you're probably not going to survive in a gunfight if you're going into a fight with a bunch of guys with AR-15s, right? Make it some way where we can still all play together, but be differentiated as far as skill and ability, and you've got a winner. Because That's in smart. Borderlands, I love Borderlands, but the formula for Borderlands is simple. You have a place where you go and hang out and you buy stuff and you and you reload and then you drive really far away to play the high end content. OK, or you go to like some arena that constantly levels up and we know that formula. We've played that formula for years. If Ghost Recons is releasing after Borderlands, they have to have a feature in the game that's going to make it more appealing than Borderlands. And that's how you do it. Make it more of an MMO less of a shooter looter and enjoy 
having people come and play it in a downtime where MMOs aren't that hot. I mean, you can make the, the case that WoW Classic's going to come out and rein people back in, but I don't think so. I, I don't think WoW Classic is going to break the, the open world multiplayer market. And so that's kind of my ask. If you do those things, I will play Border, I will play Ghost Recon all the day long. And, and that's great. But if you don't and it's just another, t- you know, Ghost Recon game or it's another Division 2, I'm probably not going to get it. And I, and I feel bad because I feel like it looks like a really good game saying that there's just too much other good games out there that call my attention that I haven't experienced yet. You know, so. They're going to come out with Animal Crossing this year. Nintendo is going to kill it this year. So you're already competing with that. Then you've got, you know, Borderlands 3 coming out, which is a huge problem for Tom Clancy's franchises and Ghost Recon and all that stuff because it's a shooter. So all shooters are lumped in the same one. And um, and then you've got other games coming out this year that aren't in that genre. So you're really not going to compete with the games that aren't in the genre, in my opinion, if you're a shooter. Did you actually answer my question? Which one of the two are you going to choose if you had to choose one? Did you actually answer that? Yeah, yeah. I, I just am practicing my politics right now. I want to just get you off track because I don't want to make a choice. But OK, <laughs> it's, it's ghost. It's got to be Ghost Recon for okay. me. But, OK, 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 OK. But I'm I am on the fence. As you okay. yes, and yes, yes, yes. That's why I started talking about all that stuff, because all that set aside, all that BS that I just rattled off for seven minutes. If I hear that Borderlands 3 is dope. I'm probably still going to buy it. Like yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the issue right now. We can make all these different things and talk about all these different things. But at the end of the day, if Borderlands 3 is good, Ghost Recon can reinvent the wheel and I still won't care because it's Borderlands. It's established. It's good. And it's Borderlands. It's bona fide. You have to get it. You <laughs> got to get it. Like, that's just the world we live in. Right. So unless Borderlands 3 is lackluster and Ghost Recon is good, then it'll succeed and I'll play it. But unless Borderlands 3 tanks it, it's going to win no matter what. That sound right there, though. Obviously, it's time to talk about some games that we've been playing over the past seven days. And I think it's been a while since I've actually gone first. So I, I will do that this week. And yeah, I've been putting first. that's fine. Uh, Got to be one of them. <laughs> but I've been putting a lot of time into Days Gone this past week. And I've been trying to finish it. And I stayed up the entire night on Friday the 10th going into Saturday the 11th. I have yet to sleep. We're recording this. I zero sleep. Still did not finish Days Gone. I <laughs> I don't know how far I am. I have no because I have I have yet to look anything up on this game. And that's that's something that actually I'm I'm kind of proud of, because by this point I would have looked something up, whether it's to see how close am I getting to the end of the game or if I, I haven't gotten stuck either, which is a good thing. So like I haven't had to like look up any missions to get an idea of maybe how many missions are in the game. I haven't had to look anything up yet for days gone. So I have no idea where I'm at. But Sean and I, we kind of talked about this a little bit off air before we started recording. So, Sean, you may hear a few things that you've already heard, but I am still enjoying my time with Days Gone. It is a good game. It is not a great game. There's a lot of issues with Days Gone. Sean, was it you that asked me if it would be top 20 this year? Was that you that asked me that? I had said that maybe top 20 for 2019, but no way. 
does this crack a top 10 this year? No way. Absolutely not. Because there's already been five games released so far in 2019 that are better than Days Gone. Katana Zero, Resident Evil 2 Remake, Kingdom Hearts 3, Devil May Cry 5, and Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice. What does it do wrong? What are your gripes? And then tell me what you what do you like about it? How, how did this game hurt you? It didn't actually hurt me, but show me there, on the doll. There is right, right. <laughs> no, um, there is a lot of issues with the AI. So I can run up on an enemy and stand there probably 60 percent of the time, maybe closer to 70 percent of the time. And I'm playing on normal difficulty. They don't recognize me. They don't see me. I could be in the open. They don't see me. I don't know why they don't see me. If I start moving around, they see me. Have you activated John Cena mode? Mm, maybe accidentally. I don't know. No, no, no. Are, the, are these enemies in general or just the freakers? These are enemies in general. These are not just freakers who maybe you could say, that, hey, maybe they can't see well, but they can smell you. I don't know. But they this is all enemies. These are the rippers, the, the ones that carve themselves up. They I can walk up on those guys, not even sneaking, just casually stroll up and smack them in the face with a bat with a saw blade sticking out of it. Because I that's my it's my baby. I crafted that about 20 hours ago in game and I've yet to break that. I keep adding scrap to it. To keep it at 100%. I don't want to break nice. that. That weapon has gotten me so many one hit kills that I will not get rid of that thing. But they the AI bugs me, man, because I want a challenge. I, I want the game to the only thing that I've actually felt challenged by so far are the hordes, the ones that are constantly, you know, moving in groups and you get caught by one of those, you're dead. There's no way to escape that until you're ready, until you plan for it. That's the end game content we talked about earlier. The fact that, Sean, before we started recording, the fact yeah. that um, you have these quote unquote raid bosses or hordes that you can go out after you finish the game. They mark them on your map and that's what you do after you finish the main story. So I haven't really got to do any of those yet. I've just all done the ones that you kind of encounter whether it's part of the story or the ones that you're going to encounter because the story missions send you to a specific location. Those are the ones that I've seen so far. And anytime I've gotten caught by one of them, I've died. I've yet to escape because I'm not ready. I don't have the weapons to take them on yet. I don't have the maybe certain skills because my skills aren't all the way leveled up. There could be things that I need later on in the skill tree that I can use like the ability to reload during focus so that I can easily shoot them without it costing focus time to reload. So there's these abilities that I know for a fact are going to come in handy at the end game to take these out. But do but, you care? No, that's what I was going to say, because <laughs> the fact that when I finish the story, I finish days gone. I'm done. I'm not going to yeah. go back and hunt these hordes. You know what? I probably will do one. I probably will pick the closest one on my map to where I'm at when I finish the game. And if that's fun, I'll probably keep going. But if it sucks or if it doesn't really pose a challenge or if I just am not engaged with it, then I then I'm done with Days Gone. I will officially move on. I won't go back and 100 percent it. I'll finish the story. I'll complete the game, but I may not platinum this. I may not 100 percent it. There's. 
that's probably my biggest my biggest complaint. My other big complaint with it is the and it's the one I mentioned two weeks ago when I first talked about Days Gone, the the resource mechanic that is kind of built in like there's a lot of cool things with the resources and the gathering system in Days Gone. The one that bugs me the most is the gasoline for the bike. I've said this before. I'll say it again. It sucks because fast travel is a thing. I can't fast travel certain places because my bike can't get there if I don't have the gas. So like if I want to fast travel from one camp to the next, I have to make sure that I have enough gas in my fucking bike to be able to fast travel because it deducts the gas from your bike when you fast travel. So I have to go to a camp and I'd say, you know, I'll pay 300 coins or whatever to have them top my bike off. And then, I was, OK, well, I want to fast travel to this camp because, you know, the, the world is big. It is a big world. It takes like five, ten minutes to travel between the camps. So I save myself some time. I fast travel and then I got to pay the money again because my bike is on empty. I think that's so dumb. <laughs> I don't know why. It's um, so stupid. It's like real life. Exactly. It's a video oh, game. I gotcha. It's a video game. Who uh, no one wants to play real life. So do you just think that they need to tweak it to where you get higher MPG? Because I think the mechanic is good. It's just maybe it sounds like it's a little too inconvenient. When you're fast traveling, I don't think that it should subtract the gas from your bike or even take it into account. I don't think that should matter because if I drive from one location to the next, my character is smart enough to get off his bike when he sees a and it's super cool because the tow trucks Every time you see a tow truck, you can bet that there's a gas cap or like a gas can attached to it. So, you know, oh, tow truck, gas can. You see a police car break into the trunk, ammo every single time. Ambulance break into the back, med kit every single time. So if you need something, you know where to find it. Traveling the roads and the back roads in the forest, I'm always going to come across a tow truck at some point in my destination. Refill your bike. Have it done automatically. That's my issue, because I can do that while traveling the long way. Why can't the game just pretend like it did it for me? Save me some time. I, I, I actually kind of take the opposite stance, and I'm not doing it to be one of those naysayers, okay? That's part of the experience of the game, though. I disagree. If you take that out. I disagree. If you, if you take out the survival gathering mechanic in a, in a post-apocalyptic game. No, no, no. You're not taking that out. You're not taking the survival gathering mechanic out. You're taking out the nuance of something that if they didn't want the fast travel to be there in the first place, why put it in there? Like if they're going to have that into account, because, again, I can fill my bike's gas from point A to point B. Like I can stop right. somewhere along the road or along the path that I've decided to take and put gas in my bike because it's always there. It's easy to find. It's not that difficult. It's not like State of Decay 2. But if I can do it, then the fast travel should take that into account. Agreed. A hundred percent. I think there should be like a middle ground to what you're saying. Like maybe if you choose to fast travel all the way across the map, then you have to pick a route that um, has highlighted gas stations across it. Like maybe you can say, oh, I know where gas stations are along this route. It'll fill up automatically. Yeah, that's that's what I've done. That's what I yeah. do, because that's yeah. the only workaround. But it's an extra couple steps that's unneeded. And it adds time to not only the game, because you have to select maybe two or three stops to get somewhere and you have to sit through the loading screen. The loading screens are not short. They are definitely long, but they're not my time at Porsche long. So, oh, OK, <laughs> I'm, I, I bought the game what four weeks ago and I'm still waiting for it to load up. 
<laughs> Dang. Yeah, no, no, no. Would they, you be Would you be happy if you choose to fast travel somewhere and they automatically deduct the cost of the gas from it, but they don't make you go through the process of having to do it? That'd be fine. Like, like, hey, I'm gonna fast travel. It's gonna cost me. That'd be fine. Know, as long as I can, as long it. as I can do it. As long as I can select a spot on the map that I want to go to and I'm not in combat. Charge me for it. Don't care. That's what I was. But I don't. Wish gas was on the way. Don't make me picks points along the map along my path to you know fast travel to to eventually reach my destination because that bugs maybe me. maybe they like include a mechanic in the game where there's a 12 percent chance you'll find a gas can every you know two miles yeah so like oh hey you know you ended up paying less because you found three gas cans like Some, it doesn't something have to be like a big that. thing exactly something yeah. like that there again and and i mean just Obviously basic and for whatever reason now at the tail end of the game, I'm having a lot of graphical issues, not graphical issues, but frame rate issues. And I don't know why, because it didn't happen at all up to this point. But the story's gotten better once I reached a certain part, once I reached a certain camp, the voice acting still bugs me. There are certain voice actors in the game that are really, really, really good. The female voice actors in the game, phenomenal. Male actors kind of suck. So there's a definite uh disconnect with certain characters that I I want to connect with everybody because I like the characters, but I'm only connecting with ones that actually have good voice acting. So I don't know. I, I have my issues with it, but at the end of the day, it's a good game and it's a game that I'm glad I played because it's a story that I actually enjoy and it's a setting that's kind of cool and it's it's different and it's it's a zombie game that's different in a world where we have the same type of zombie games over and over and over again. So that's what I'm digging about Days Gone. I will finish it up in the next few days and my review will be up at leveldowngames.com. So check that out soon. Uh, coming later this week. Frank, all we have are question marks for you. What are you, uh, okay. what are you going to tell us this week? I could talk forever about the fact that I play Mortal Kombat all week long, but I have a much better story to tell you. This is a game that I played in real life. So uh, do you not pay a parking ticket or Russian something? roulette and you didn't win because you're still here. Well, isn't you isn't winning I mean you're still here? Okay. Oh, whatever. I have to hear <laughs> this story involves Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and my sister, Nicole. Oh, wow. OK. I thought it was going to include spin the bottle and your aunt Bernice. I uh, thought something was weird. I thought something weird was going to come out of your mouth. I really did. But this sounds pretty normal. I'm you, okay with it. <laughs> usually weird things come out of Frank's mouth. That is that is the that is the case. I do believe it was a week or two ago I talked about how the game that I had beaten for the week was Sonic Two with the knuckle with Knuckles put in there. So two weeks ago, yeah. Two weeks ago. Mind you, this is a game I had since the game came out. So I had messaged my sister. Hey, did you know? Uh, if you put, you know, Sonic Sonic Two and Sonic Knuckles, you can play as Knuckles. And something I had just found out, I didn't know about this whole time. And she goes, oh, yeah, you do that. You do that. Otherwise, you put Sonic 1 in there, you can play the bonus levels. And that pissed me off. I was I was a little miffed. So, so you know, I think Brian saw how, how visibly pissed off I was when she responded back to me. <laughs> uh, I also want to preface, preface this with I am a petty asshole. I, I, I own that. I admit that. Uh, so what I did was I sent my sister an anonymous package because, you know, I'm her older brother. She deserves a present for being such a good sister. So I sent her an anonymous package. Uh, another little thing I do is I have three sisters uh, and I have two nieces. Um, so almost every night, my uh, my sister, who has the two daughters, 
will do a video chat with us. And then my and the other sisters will be in the video chat as well. We say goodnight to, you know, to the babies. It's a sweet thing. Uh, so we're doing this. And my sister, Nicole, gets this package. It finally shows up. It took, I want to say, maybe a little over a week to show up. Maybe a week, maybe, maybe two, he said two weeks, so uh, about two weeks to show up. She's like, oh, oh look, I got to go. Oh, yeah, I, I, I bought you a present. And she's like, what is it? And I'm like, no, that's when you get a present, you say, thank you. You don't say, what is it? That's, not, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> and she, she, she's like, thank you. Thank you. She takes the present and she gets it and she opens it up. And what I had sent my sister was a spring loaded glitter pump. Uh, so glitter got all over my sister, all over her house, where she was. So it's all over her rug. It also hit her dinner, which is pizza. It hit her cat. Of course, Sorry, that was of bottle. course it was pizza. Why wouldn't it be pizza? You guys always are pizza. How we made our living. <laughs> so yeah, I so I said this the spring loaded glitter bomb to my sister, uh, who still hates me now. Uh, she has not responded to me uh, in a few days. But, That's because uh, she's plotting. Yeah, you don't talk uh, to the enemy when you're in the war room. You know what I mean? I uh, I, I anticipate and hope you follow up that story with how Nicole chooses to get back at you. Sean, you played some League of Legends again this week. And I think you did so because of what's going on there. Yes, I absolutely 100% What's happening? Did. You don't know? I, I don't follow League of Legends. Oh, I'll let Sean tell the story then. You did not say that. All right, here's the deal. Riot Games is the creator of League of Legends. Okay. Back in the day, is kind of a ripoff company but they have picked up a lot of steam and notoriety over the years. It's a competitive MOBA game. It originated out of like, you know, those custom games that you play on WoW 3 and, or Warcraft 3 and stuff like that. So it's basically like a hero combat arena, five on five. For those of you who don't know who League of Legends is, if you don't, oh my gosh, where have you been? <laughs> I picked up on a news story, Brian and I were talking about it, where there's some rioting going on at Riot Games. And there's a lot of demonstrations happening during office hours from Riot personnel and employees who are out on the campus of Riot Games demonstrating in a parking lot. Mm -hmm. And I think they're talking about equality and sexism in the workplace. And a lot of um, a lot of things have been going on at Riot that not just happening there. It is reflective elsewhere in the industry. But yeah. this this team and these employees were the ones that decided to take a stand and on. Uh, actually, one week ago on Monday, May 6th, they they walked out. Hashtag riot walkout. I think it was or something like that. It was trending on Twitter. It was all over the place. Saw articles everywhere on it. You know, major publications were writing and reporting on it. Uh, pretty sure I saw Jason Schreier out there in the middle of it. Not like in the middle of it, but kind of talking about it. So it was uh, it was it was a major thing. And I'm glad that you chose to kind of jump into League of Legends this week in in relation to that <laughs> yeah you know not that i'm supporting them no absolutely but I, not. Do I do love their game okay so there's a difference um i've been a fan of league of legends we talked about it on the show before also what's happening right now is the mid-season invitational kind of like a mini worlds tournament um you've got representative from uh six top regions in the world as far as competitive circuits you got like North America, Europe, uh, there's Korea, there's, I think, I think it's the Chinese League. There's also like the, the Oceanic League and a couple of different things going on there. So they're all playing each other. This big thing going on. It's like pretty much the, 
the midwinter invitational for like hockey you know how big that is but it's not the playoffs okay like the stadium series or whatever right yeah that's basically what this is to this game it's it's basically like you know the second biggest event that they put on so the pro bowl yeah Yeah. the pro bowl yeah it's just happening mid-year instead of right after the super right so the home run the home run derby (laughs) all-star game all-star game let's call it that all-star game yeah Okay, so we're at the all-star game here and we've got these employees who are basically capitalizing on that and they're demonstrating for this cause, which I think is actually a noble cause. I think that everyone should get paid the same. That's a big gripe right now. They're paying men more than women. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the women are actually more of a creative or driven force at these studios because they add elements to the game that a lot of men just aren't successful at, like things that appeal to more women that make more women play the game. You could argue that League of Legends has a lot of women playing it because of the appeal that comes from it. There's there's different characters, there's different skins, there's cute characters, there's uh, different modes to the game that have been added. And so we can't say for sure who's responsible for that, but we can say that we should give credit equally. How about that? Yeah. Um, so moving forward, fast forward here we started reading about the story and i thought well holy crap i I actually really want to play league of legends and it's a game where you can log in when you don't have a lot of time and maybe put in 20 minutes here play a match play a couple matches back to back there you know it's not like you have to really accomplish anything or hit a save point or whatever so i get in there and i'm playing it and i'm really enjoying it and um i like to play several days actually several days i saw you playing this throughout the week yeah, and you know, I like to play the the all random all mid mode where I just test out all the champions and stuff and I think that they're really going places with the game. It's just the competitive scene is the classic 5 on 5 tower defense. And I was kind of wondering like when they're going to come out with a new mode. It would be cool to have a new mode where maybe some pros would play. And I think that's that was kind of my interest. And then I decided, no, that the game's good as it is just the five on five, but it, it was something that really woke me up to what's happening in the industry this week. And I thought a lot about it and I thought, wow, you know, I used to be a big league of legends fan. I I've, I've gone to Santa Monica numerous times to go watch their tapings. I've, I've made trips. I've taken time off of work. I've bought hotels and like, you know, we've done all this stuff. And, and I thought, wow, you know, in competitive gaming, where else is that really a thing? Like, yeah, you have ESL and yeah, you have like DreamHack and different things like that. But not often do you see a company put on like a weekly in-person tournament with, you know, pros where they're established and they're actually like, I don't know if pros are salaried or if they're bonused, but they're they're compensated not by just the tournament themselves. They're they're part of teams and they're compensated. Absolutely. And I yeah, thought, they're they're compensated by their sponsors for sure. Yeah. I thought that League of Legends stands at the top of competitive gameplay. And so when I want to play a competitive game, I play League of Legends. It's just I wanted to see like I wanted to kind of dip back into that culture and see if I could notice anything. And 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 I've been following the updates from Kotaku about this issue. Yeah. And right now it's kind of like at that point where they've said their piece in the parking lot. And now if Riot doesn't start doing things and implementing things to change, they're going to start taking 
maybe different action, whether that's legal, whether that's resignation. I don't know. Riot Riot has been in the center of a lot of the issues over the past several months or even years, really. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it all started with Nikasaur. I don't know if you guys know who Nikasaur is. Heard the name. Um, I'm familiar with the story. So back in the day, League of Legends has evolved over time. Um, They let's face it. and, And I don't say this to be rude or slanderous, but they have stolen a lot of intellectual property and repackaged it and then benefited from it. Right. So the way that they have updated their fan base on different things is they would always come out with champion spotlights or or different updates to the game and they would put out videos. And the first pioneer of that was a girl named Nikasaur. She's actually still popular in the gaming community. She does like, uh, you know, different events for like AGDQs or different things of that nature where it's in person and she hosts and stuff. She's kind of like an MC now or whatever they call it, a video jockey. Shoutcaster. Come on now. Yeah, Shoutcaster. Okay, perfect. So she used to put out these videos where it was kind of like she was the face. Okay. And she would introduce new champions. She would introduce different things going on with the fan base, whether it's fan mail or different fan art or different things like that. And then it this huge story broke when she quit doing them all of a sudden because she wasn't treated at Riot the way that she thinks she, she should be treated. And, and we all kind of scoffed at it at first because we thought, wow, you know, like you're kind of the face of the company. Of course, they're going to take care of you. And then but since that's happened, more and more people have come out from Riot and said, no, this is a real thing. Like they don't they don't treat women, uh, you know, the way that they treat men and they they don't have workplace equality and they don't. The um, what else is it? What else gripes did we read about? They they have some workplace condition problems, too, there. Yeah. From what I understand. Mm-hmm. You There's, know, and so when you say workplace equality, you mean like the gender gap, the pay gap? It's that more, for sure is one more of them, but I think that. they're also more, more sexist. It's There's more than more that. of a sexist that, problem okay, I, I, there, too. I was going to say, yeah, because I, I, I don't believe in the gender page gap, pay page gap, I mean, that's a whole other thing, but sexism, yeah, that's that sucks. Okay. Well, the, the pay wage gap thing, it, it's real. really subjective, okay? Every situation is different because everyone's compensated differently based on their merit. And so you can make the argument that it's subjective, but yes, there is a bias that's real. But at Riot, it's more than that. It, it's they are flat out treating women as if they're not as good as yeah, men, according to these people, allegedly, right? So now that it's coming to light, I'm actually excited to see what happens with the game moving forward. Right. Because now we'll see some change in the studio, which means we might see some change in the game. And a lot of people will go, well, Sean, how do you do that? They're constantly putting out new content for this game. Constantly, right? So if they're going to put out new content for the game and the people behind it are changing, maybe we'll see some new stuff too. Hopefully, man. And and hopefully that, uh, you know, it's going to be something that we're going to have to follow up on because I I definitely want to see what, happens now with the updates because they they set like a date i forget what the date was but they set like a date that that if the things hadn't changed by at riot they were gonna stage something else so to speak i forget what day i'm it was. so glad I'm a so coup d'etat <laughs> matata um no here's the issue they're doing this during msi mm-hmm. they don't have time to figure this out they're they're putting them in a corner by doing so. And, and so the question is, what do they have on them that's going to be so bad? 
can Riot just be like, fine, do whatever you want. We don't care. We're hosting MSI. It's making us millions upon millions of dollars. Right. We'll just pay the legal fees. We'll pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars to shut you guys up and pay the legal fees to draw this out because we're making 10 times that hosting MSI. That's the issue. I want to see where this goes with that. How much do you really have? What hard evidence do you have? Do you have emails, phone messages, videotape recordings? Do you, I mean, what do you have? Yeah. What, what, what else is there? What else is there? A so who baby. knows? A what, Frank? A secret baby. Oh, a secret baby. <laughs> An illegitimate love child. An um, illegitimate child. I'll tell you this, though. I, I will. And this will be like kind of the end of the discussion from my point. It's good to see this in gaming. It's good to see this in gaming because there are so many stories where people are mistreated at studios and we've gone over this. We've talked about it a lot, but it's good to see the human aspect of it. This is this is not about how crappy it is to make the game. It's not about, you know, how often do they work? It's not about any of that. It's how do you treat your staff? And, and I think that's the point that we want at Level Down Games is we want the staff to be treated well. We don't care Absolutely. if they work. Yeah, we don't yeah. care if we work, they work 18 hour days because that's part of the business. Brian stays up all night long working and, and he's in the industry like that's normal. But do you treat your people as if they're meaningful to you? That's it, that's the key. I want to see that happen. That's yeah, the key. Absolutely. Yeah. An 18 hour workday should have 18 hour workday benefits. You know? Exactly. Exactly. And, and right now that is not the case. Probably anywhere. <laughs> no. <laughs> At least in gaming. No. Probably anywhere. Probably anywhere. So, yeah, we'll be following up on that and we will definitely pay attention to what transpires over the next month or so with that. Frank, did you finish anything this week as we update our game challenge? Sadly not. Uh, I played a lot of Towers of Time in Mortal Kombat 11, but that's not beating the game. The game's already beaten. Yeah, I saw you in there a lot playing Mortal Kombat over the past week. So uh, you're still at 19 games. You should be at 19. So you're right where you should be. I disappointingly also did not finish a game this week because all I've been playing is Days Gone. I know, Mortal Kombat 11 fun. Oh, no, oh, Days, okay. I've, been, I've, been, <laughs> I've been playing Days Gone and while not always having fun, trying to finish it because I am trying to get it done before Rage 2 comes out. Uh, well, as of the time of this post, Rage 2 comes out tomorrow. tomorrow? But yeah, a yeah. couple days still from the time of recording, I still have to finish Days Gone and I will finish it before Rage 2. But I should be at 38 and I am at 38. So for the first time this year, I am about to be passed up by where I should be. So I need to finish at least two games this week to stay on track. Ideally, four games to get back ahead. <laughs> so and this is this is a pivotal week for me because I I've, we, we, we both we both we both hit our week mark. Yeah, I've I've we've I've backed myself into a corner here. So this is going to be a tough week. I got to I got to pull out of this. Nobody puts Brian in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. So I got to <laughs> I got to I got to somehow back out of this and, and get ahead. I always I dude I was at one point I was eight games ahead of where I should have been. Like there was a time that I was just knocking these things out left and right. And now I'm playing a lot longer games than getting stuck. So, yep, fun times. But let us now take a dive into the weekly wrap up. Netflix is adding Donkey Kong Jr. Yes. versus Excite Bike and Clue Clue Land. On Wednesday, May 15th. Donkey Kong Jr. versus Excitebike. That's going to be crazy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a messed up game. That's a messed up game right there. Running over monkeys and stuff. No, we don't want to do that. <laughs> Three good games. I think I'm most excited for Clue Clue Land, and I don't know why. I like that game. 
Ever since an, ever since Animal Crossing, I have liked Clue Clue Land. That was my one of my original NES games I got in there. Uh, I like I like that game. I don't know why. Is there a correlation there? Like what? I've never played Clue Clue Land. I've never seen it. You basically play as a blob and he has arms. That, that's Clue Clue Land, right, Frank? <laughs> and he grab he grabs onto the, the little pillars that are all over this map. And you try to find these coins and you make a picture. And that was one of the oh. original games that was uh, NES games from Animal Crossing. There was like, what, 10, 15 games, 10 or 15 games that they that they had bundled in with the GameCube version of Animal Crossing. Yeah. And that was like the third or fourth one that I got. And I tell you what, I used to play the crap out of that game, so I probably will on, on Netflix as well. I'm looking forward to Wednesday checking those games out. Noise code vein is still a thing. Still a thing. We haven't heard about it forever. Haven't heard about it in a long time. PS4 and Xbox One closed network test, beta test, I guess, whatever you want to call it, set for later in May. So that's coming sometime this month. How do I get on that? Uh, Go to their website, Codevein, their official website. You can sign up to actually do the uh, the closed beta test. Yeah, I want to check it out as well. Uh, This game was supposed to come out in September of 2018. It got, it got delayed to a generic 2019 at that point. Frank, in that episode of Max Level, I went back and checked. I specifically said, if this game is a year delay, it's in trouble. And right now, it's looking like it's going to be a year delay. <laughs> I, I hope it's not the case. I really, I really, really, really want this game to be good. Like, you have no idea. I, Sean's growing weed. I want this game to be good <laughs> no he's just not growing we just walk by with a pot in his hands it's an aloe plant you <laughs> savage 3d platformer effie launches june 4th for ps4 war tech fighters launches june 27th for nintendo switch ps4 xbox one frank if you remember an episode of bg mania we did a while back in the kaichi okabe edition of bg mania i played a track from this particular game right here sino alice launches in june in North America. This is the one that was inspired dark fantasy fairy tales. Every oh, uh, right. like it was a, it's an iOS Android game and uh, it, it has like JRPG elements to it. And I said that if it ends up being good, we would dedicate an entire episode of BG Mania to it, the soundtrack, because the soundtrack, the, the pieces we heard were incredible. So I'll be checking that out later this month. I have no idea how much it's going to be, but I, I will definitely be picking that up in June. Uh, not Not this month, next month. EA Access is coming to PS4 in July. Finally, finally happening. EA Access, Sean, that is the the console version of what you and I subscribe to to get access to Anthem for a month in order to check it out. So that is now finally coming to PS4. I think that's going to be more successful than the computer bar. Absolutely. It's the same version that's on Xbox One and it's super successful. Yeah, it's super, super successful. Um, Five bucks a month, $4.99 gets you access to the vault of games. And the cool thing about it is EA always puts the games in the vault within a year. So if you're willing to wait, you never have to buy an EA game. You'll always have access to it. It just might take 12 months. But it's cool, especially for the sports games. Because who wants to buy Madden every year, NBA Live or NHL? Yeah, I don't. I buy them like every few years. I buy them every few years as well. Same thing with MLB The Show. But now with EA Access coming to PS4, and again, this is you can already do this on Xbox One and PC, you pay $4.99 whenever you want to play the game. If you want to play it for, you know, when it, it, it obviously, again, when Madden 2020 or when Madden NFL 20, whatever they're calling it this year, comes out in August, you won't be able to play that on EA Access until 
Are you into the rabbit? 2021. Until 2021. I asked Frank if he was raving the rabbit. I, I didn't yes. know what he was doing. Okay. But oh, yeah, did you see her? You won't be. Yeah, yeah, we can see her. We won't be able to play Madden NFL 20 until like May or June of next year. So you have you have to wait, but you still get to play it for just $4.99 as long as you're willing to wait, which uh, that's pretty freaking cool. Not bad. Riverbond launches this summer for a PC, PS4, Xbox One. Riverbond is one of the games that actually debuted during State of Play 2. This is yes. the one, if you watch the reaction video I put up, I kept saying, man, I hope this is 3D Doc Game Heroes 2. And it wasn't. <laughs> but Riverbond still looks fun. I was talking to Kyle about that, and Kyle is super pumped for Riverbond. I am going to play a Shovel Knight. That is cool, man. I love that you can actually play as the different characters in the game, like these cameo appearances. It's pretty freaking cool. I, I know that the Bastion character looks awesome, but... yes. Absolutely. Honestly, what what is the um, there's nothing besides the skin, right? There's no ability. There's no it's just I think, it, I think it's just stuff. just just to be fun. Yeah, just a skin. Just yeah. to be fun. Yeah, it, it, it's funny how that ability, that characteristic of the game has got people buzzed so hard about it. It's smart, probably because it seems like it's baseline game. They're not charging for the cosmetics. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Monster Hunter World Iceborne expansions expansion launches September 6th for PS4, Xbox One, coming later to PC. This is the massive expansion DLC that they announced uh, either late last year or I think it was late last year, but it may have been earlier in twenty. Looked as awesome. Well. Looked great. Looked phenomenal. Can't wait to check that out. Uh, we already mentioned this, but Ghost Recon Breakpoint was announced for PC, PS4, Xbox One, releasing October 4th. Unless you pre-order, Woo! then it will be October 1st. The Medieval Remake officially launches October 25th for PlayStation 4. Very much in line with what I assumed. I, I really thought that that was going to be a Halloween game. It had to be. It's a, perfe- it's a perfect release date for it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, a per- it's, it's, yeah. it's perfect. It's, 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 right, it's right before Halloween. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so perfect. And that game looks amazing. I uh, was super enjoying what they decided to show during State of Play 2. That trailer was awesome. Uh, the soundtrack sounds better than ever. Can't wait to jump back into that. Looking forward to it. Arc of Alchemist has been delayed to a generic winter 2019 for PS4 here in North America. Aww. That is one of the ones that Idea Factory International announced uh, several months back. Um, looks fun. We'll be checking that out whenever it comes out. Third person adventure game Away, the survival series, has been announced for PC and PS4. This is a total Frank game right here. This was in State of Play 2. You play as a flying squirrel. It, wasn't that so cool looking? That was awesome. I'm in, dude. I want to play that. <laughs> I, I thought for sure they were going to have a VR mode in that. I still believe it'll happen. There might be some VR missions. I want to believe it is because I think that would be super freaking cool. But even if there isn't playing as a flying squirrel and it's not just that there's other. Animals. I hope you could team up with a moose for an achievement. I'm just saying like <laughs> j- 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 as a one off, I like just like land on a moose and there, there's your Rocky Bullwinkle moment. Joke or reference or whatever. Yeah. E- exactly. 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 Sony and Ilphonic have announced oh, Predator Hunting Ilphonic. Grounds. Ilphonic. I think that's how you say that. I, th- I, th- I, th- I thought those were all eyes. I thought it was pronounced Iphonic. No, I think it's Ilphonic <laughs> announced. Uh, they have announced Predator <laughs> Hunting Grounds for PS4 launching sometime in 2020. This is a Evolve type of game. I mean, it's pretty much all you can say about it. You have one person playing as the Predator and you have four other people playing. As, oh, oh, or I guess we could say Dead by Daylight. Things like that. It's one of those types of games where you have one person hunting four others. So I'm intrigued by it. I like that concept of game. You know, we talk Dead by Daylight a lot here or we have. We don't anymore, but we used to talk about it a lot here on Max Level and Level Down Games. So interested in checking this out. 
might be fun. I almost played Dead by Daylight this week, by the way. We are not done with that. Man, if you want to jump into Dead by Daylight at all, you just let me know because I'm always willing to jump back in. If you need somebody to make sure the enemies run after. If we need someone, if we need to sacrifice somebody, we just got to get a hold of Frank. (laughs) The ultimate sacrificial guy there. But yeah, man, if you ever want to play some DVD, just let me know and I'll jump in with you. Still Still trying to get Kyle to buy it. Mary Skelter 2 is coming to North America sometime in 2020 for Nintendo Switch, thanks to Idea Factory International. And the cool thing, it's also going to include the first game, which released here on PlayStation Vita on the cartridge, just bundled in for free, kind of. Nice. I mean, you're still buying the game full price, the second one, but you're getting the first one, so that's kind of cool. DNA is going to release a quote-unquote new and exciting Pokemon game for smartphones by March 2020. Whoa. What could it be? What is it? I have no idea. I, I, my guess is Snap. You think? But, but, is it, but is that new and exciting? I mean, exciting, absolutely. Is it new? Absolutely not. No. I think, I think you know what? It could be new in a sense that you're doing it in the real world, kind of like what we thought Pokemon Go was going to be. I guess so. Whatever it is, I will play the absolute crap out of it. I still play Pokemon Go to this day. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Obviously, as soon as they announce it, we'll have coverage here at Level Down Games and probably on the podcast. As long as the tornadoes don't destroy you. As long as the tornadoes do not destroy me. Hey, it's just it's just a it's just a it's, uh, noon, it's, noon. it's, it's noon. noon. It's noon on the East Coast, man. It's the old uh, <laughs> testing here in Ohio. They got to make sure that they work because we do get storms. We actually had a pretty bad storm roll through the other day. So, yeah, we do need them from time to time. <laughs> I wish it would wipe Ohio off the map. Nah, uh, man, we, we need to be here. We need to be here. We serve a purpose. Well, because I'm because my 49 star uh, flag would would be fine. Again, I like to buy knockoffs. You bought a 49 star flag. <laughs> <laughs> That's about as American as as uh, Christian from WWE. Like. <laughs> <laughs> the un-Americans. The un-Americans. going to come in and chokeslam you. Hey, speaking of, I saw a news article that uh, Kane put on his mask and chokeslammed a guy through a table while he was at like a mayor conference or something. Like That's awesome. That. He should. He should totally. <laughs> he should totally be doing that kind of stuff. Absolutely. It's coming for you next, Frank. <laughs> coming for you, sucker. Bethel Games developed John Wick Hex has been announced for PC and consoles. Isn't there a new like John Wick movie out? Yes. Yeah. yeah John Wick three. Yeah, so I wonder. The rise of the pa- pa- Parabellum. Wonder if that is going to somehow tie into that series. You'd have to assume. Sega has trademarked Tabegoro Super Monkey Ball over in Japan. Yes. Hell yes. We yes, might. Yes, we yes. might be getting the revitalization of Super Monkey Ball. Finally. I am ten thousand percent behind that. Make I hope, it so. I hope it's on Switch, but wherever it is, I'll play. You know it, it will be. You know it it'll most. Be on the it most likely will be on Switch, but say it comes out on PS4. I'm going to buy it on PS4. I mean, if it's not on Switch, like if it comes out elsewhere, I will be buying it wherever it comes out. VR. Ooh. Maybe. I could see this being a title that they might experiment with in VR. This could be maybe does Tageboro or Tabegoro translate to VR in Japan? Kyle, we need you. You're not on the episode this week. Uh, Goro means four-armed Shokaden warrior. No, that's in Mortal Kombat. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. But keep an eye out. Super Monkey Ball, possibly returning soon. Nintendo has announced their E3 2019 plans. Uh, Splatoon 2 World Championship 2019 begins June 8th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate World Championship begins June 8th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. 
Nintendo's annual E3 Direct will be June 11th at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Three days of Nintendo Treehouse Live begins immediately after the conclusion of the Nintendo Direct presentation and will last all three days of the convention. As I mentioned, we will have coverage of E3 every single day. Leveldowngames.com. Keep checking there. Also talking E3. Devolver Digital has confirmed their E3 2019 press conference, dating it for June 9th at 7 p.m. Pacific time. That's going to be a must watch. It's going to be amazing. Can't wait. As will be the Kind of Funny Game Showcase at E3 2019, which has been announced and will be focused heavily on indie games. This will be taking place on June 10th at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. The first first Kind of Funny Showcase was phenomenal, dude. We had so many it was, awesome it was indie great. games there. Yeah, I'm, I'm super glad that they are they're stepping up and they're filling this gap because a lot of times, man, you know, these indie teams and these indie studios, they go to E3, they go to these conventions, but they're not featured at any major press conference. Kind of funny stepping up now, putting their own money forward and doing this and and giving them at least like, a you know, 30 minutes to an hour to put together a trailer and, and have some moments in the sun. You know, we had over 60 games date show at the first kind of funny game showcase. Uh, looking forward to see what they're able to put together for this one here. And if you remember the first one back in December, the same weekend that PlayStation experience would have been is when they announced the Western localization of judgment or judge eyes. So Judges. looking forward to maybe seeing if they get like one big third party game in that as well, like they did last time. That'd be really cool. But yes, that was the weekly wrap up. And that music right there means it's time for the new releases for the week of May 13th. But first, Metacritic results. Oh, man. Meta- Don't worry. Don't Critic. worry. I won again. Metacritic results. And we have to kind of do a little bit more talking because of Frank, just like we did last week. We have to make sure that Frank is unable to game the system because he keeps trying over and over again to game the system. I'm sorry, but uh, as my Uncle Eddie used to always say, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. He also said, Viva la raza. He did. He did. He did. <laughs> but because of Frank, we are now going to all be going at the same time with our Metacritic guesses each week. And to do that, we are either going to use a dry erase board or a piece of paper. Whatever you have nearest to you, whatever you have nearest to you. And through through the magic of post-production, and you hear me grabbing mine right now. You can't hear them grabbing theirs. I'll edit that out. <laughs> but you hear me grabbing mine. And through the magic of post-production, I will remove the awkward silences and I will be putting together our Metacritic guesses as one. And we will reveal them at the same time to each other. That way, uh, there's no, you know, gaming the system on Frank's end. But what that means, what that absolutely means, is that more than one person can take the same number now because we wrote them so? down. So if uh, if three people write down 82, then three people have 82. And if it becomes 82, three people get the point because there was no way to know that you know, I was going to say 82 and Frank was going to say 82 and Sean was going to say 82. So we, that's just how it goes. But we'll recap what we did uh, last week while the, while the other two get ready. Poyo Poyo Champions was our first game. I said 70, Kyle said 73, Sean said 72, Frank, you said 75. Four reviews on the Nintendo Switch version of Poyo Poyo Champions, 75 Metacritic. Frank with a perfect pick of 75, one point hey. for Frank. Shakedown Hawaii was the second game. Kyle said 81. I said 85. Frank, you said 86. Sean, you said 70. Five reviews on the PS4 version. Official Metacritic is 81. Kyle with a perfect guess of 81, who also nice. put up a review for the game, leveledongames.com, if you want to check that out. 
And then our third and final game last week was Life is Strange 2, Episode 3. Frank, you said 81. Sean, you said 76. I said 84. Kyle, you said 79. Seven reviews on the PS4 version. 75, the official Metacritic, which gives Sean a point as he was closest with 76. Hey! Which means of all three games, you, Sean, Kyle, and Frank all got one point each. So there is a three-way tie which means we do have to have a tiebreaker. Nope. No. Okay. Yes, there is a tiebreaker. The, the tiebreaker. The, cha- the, cha- the champion wins. <laughs> Frank, you didn't let me finish. You didn't okay. let me finish. The tiebreaker. Okay. The tiebreaker, if you remember, and how Sean intended it to be, was Price is Right rule. Oh my gosh. Right? Ba, 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 ba. If you yeah. went over, you don't get it. Which means Frank wins this week. Ah. Congratulations, Frank. I won three you weeks in a row. It. You've won three weeks in a row. You only you only won this week at a default because Kyle is not here. Otherwise, there still would have had to have been a tiebreaker because you and Kyle both correctly predicted the official Metacritic score. Uh, you saying 75 with Poyo Poyo and him saying 81 with Shakedown Hawaii. Sean went over with his Life is Strange 2 pick saying 76, even though because it was 75. I say in a case like that with a double tie. Double tie. Go in the future. In the future. If that person had already won the previous week, they instantly win. It's like you have to, you have to defeat the champion to become the champion. I'm actually a double, okay. a, 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 a double tie is going to be a rarity. I'm okay with that rule. I'm okay with that rule. Remember it because I'll probably forget it. <laughs> we, call it we call it the bolo tie rule for our friends down in Texas. <laughs> Champions advantage is what they call it in wrestling. There so, you go. Something like that. So, yes, Frank, yeah. you, you do win this week, so you will be able to pick the official pick of the week this week when we get to it after we talk about the games. So again, these are the new releases for the week of May 13th. We will skip over today, Monday, May 13th. We wanted tomorrow, Tuesday, May 14th, coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, A Plague Tale Innocence. Follow the grim tale of young Amica, Amicia? Amicia. Is that how we're going to say her name? Amico. It's definitely not Amico. It's in television, Amico. Definitely not the Amico. Amicia? Frank, how would you say that? Amicia? 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 Follow the, we'll go with that. Follow the grim tale of young Amicia and her little brother Hugo in a heartrending journey through the darkest hours of history. Hunted by Inquisition soldiers and surrounded by unstoppable swarms of rats, Amicia, or however we decided to say that, I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna say it differently every time. Amicia and Hugo will come to know and trust each other. Hugo. Hugo, as they struggle to survive against overwhelming odds, they will fight to find purpose in this brutal, unforgiving world. 1349. The plague ravages the kingdom of France. Amico and her young brother Hugo are (laughs) pursued by the Inquisition through villages devastated by the disease. On their way, they will have to join forces with other children and evade swarms of rats using fire and light. Aided only by the link that binds their fates together, they will face untold horrors in their struggle to survive. As their adventure begins, the time of innocence ends. We have been looking forward to this game for a while, Frank. Like this, yeah. this, this is one that uh, this is one that I think you and I definitely are fairly excited for. So I'm looking forward to playing it. Who goes first? Uh, we are doing it all at the same time. So let's write down our guesses. After the official unveiling, I said 68. Frank, you said 73. Sean, you said 79 for the official Metacritic guesses. And that's just kind of how we'll do this. So I, I will edit out like a lot of our, our downtime and that kind of stuff. And also coming tomorrow, Tuesday, May 14th, coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One, it's Darkwood. Darkwood is a challenging survival horror that does not rely on jump scares. 
craft weapons, prepare traps, fortify hideouts. You will explore and scavenge the eerie forests of the Soviet bloc by day, then hunker down in your hideout at night. With nightmarish forces corrupting the woods, wait and pray for the sun to come up the next morning. Wade through the grueling, bizarre world of Darkwood and delve into the creepiest secrets of its inhabitants to escape the infested land before it destroys your body and consumes your mind. Write down your guesses and reveal in three, two, one, go. 72 for me, 72 for Sean, 76 for Frank. All right. All right. The last game coming tomorrow, Tuesday, May 14th, the PC, PS4, Xbox One, Rage 2. Dive headfirst into a dystopian world devoid of society, law, and order. Rage 2 brings together two studio powerhouses, Avalanche Studios, Masters of Open World Insanity, uh, that's the Just Cause team, if I'm not mistaken, and id Software, creators of the first-person shooter, to deliver a carnival of carnage where you can go anywhere, shoot anything, and explode everything. An asteroid has annihilated 80% of the Earth's population, and humanity's numbers are dwindling. Ruthless and bloodthirsty gangs roam the open roads, and the tyrannical authority seek to rule with an iron fist. As Walker, Texas Ranger, not really, but he is Walker. He is Walker, the last ranger of the wasteland and a threat to their power. You have been robbed of your home and left for dead. Now you'll have to rage for justice and freedom with ludicrous vehicle combat, superpowered first person mayhem and an open world full of emergent madness. You will tear across an unforgiving wasteland battling sadistic gangs to find the tools and tech needed to crush the oppressive rule of the authority once and for all. Write your Metacritic guesses, please. In the eyes of a ranger, the unsuspecting The danger. eyes of a ranger. Reveal in three, two, one, go. Mine is 86. Sean is saying 77. And Frank, 91. 91 hey, from Frank. Game of the quarter. Mm, you think won so? Won Thunderdome. It didn't win Thunderdome. Days God won Thunderdome. Katana Zero should have no, won no, Thunderdome. Days Gone Rage did. No, it didn't. I, I selected. In my, in my heart. In my heart. I was going to say, the official Thunderdome is the one oh, okay. that I selected, which is Days Gone. <laughs> uh, Frank, 91. Why are you so hyped on Days Gone? Or um, not, not Days Gone, because you clearly didn't even buy it yet, but Rage 2. Why are you so hyped on Rage 2? Uh, I honestly, by watching that trailer, was hyped on it. It just it, it looked good. Uh, it Software knows what they're doing. Avalanche knows what they're doing. This is This might be in contention for one of the best games of the year. I'm, I hope. I'm hoping it's fun. I'm hoping it's even just a small amount like Mad Max from a couple years ago. Which is a great movie, great game. I have high hopes for this. I really do. It's a carnival of carnage. It's it, it, being a former juggalo. I was going to say, uh, isn't that not an ICP <laughs> album title? <laughs> like, I guess once a juggalo, always a juggalo. Whoop, whoop. One of the one of the Joker cards, if I'm not mistaken. Abracadabra, boom, chaka, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, Honestly, it's it, it coming down really like a vertebrae. I don't remember the, the lyrics of that song. I don't remember. I uh, he is Violent J, and he is back like a vertebrae. Okay. We're not going to sing any more of them because, again, we have an official rapper here at Level Down Games, and that is cool, yeah. <laughs> we'll skip over Wednesday, May 15th, move on to Thursday, May 16th, the last day this week, because there's nothing on Friday, May 17th this week. Uh, coming to PC and PS4, the Nintendo Switch version was delayed to later this summer. Bubsy Paul's on Fire. From the developers of the Bit Trip series comes Bubsy Paul's on Fire, the latest and greatest in Bobcat-based gaming. 
Oinker Peeham is determined to capture every animal in the universe for his Amazutorium. So we're going to say that. I'm pretty sure that's how you would mm, say that anyway. Mm, mm. Bubsy, fearing mostly for himself, is just as determined to stop him. Two arc rivals stitched together by the cruel knitting needles of fate. No matter who emerges victorious, there is one thing we know for certain. There's going to be a whole lot of yarn along the way. So, so much yarn. Metacritic guesses, <laughs> please. Reveal in three, two, one, go. Mine is a 62. Sean is a 52. Frank is a 45. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess I'm being a little optimistic there. 45, Frank. I know you're not a big fan of Bubsy. I wanted to say zero, but I didn't want to tank the game too much. Well, yeah, because you know it's not going to be a zero. I actually think I actually think I actually thought 62 was being like harsh because that I don't know, man. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Kyle said he was interested in playing this, but I don't know. I talked about it a little Bubs? bit. Bubsy, yeah. You know what? Bubsy was a good game 18 years ago. Sean, you're not hyped. No, you're, not, you're not hyped on Paws on Fire at all. You don't want you don't want to no. be you don't want to be a Bobcat. I don't want to be a Bobcat. The no, late, it's, the, it's the latest and greatest in Bobcat based gaming, Sean. I just don't think that BitTrip series is going to sell me on this. <laughs> yeah, BitTrip fun games, though. They are fun games. So the fact yeah. the fact that this is a different developer, you can't polish a turd. True. But the fact that this is a different developer, I, I am going to give this a fair chance. We'll see how this ends up going. Well, the game has to be promising or else they wouldn't release it in some fashion. Last Bubsy, the last, specifically the last one absolutely was terrible. Absolutely. Yeah. Last game coming out this week, though, coming to PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, Xbox One is the Castlevania Anniversary Collection. This Konami Castlevania collection is designed to be a collection around the origins of the historic franchise. Included is a unique ebook that has detailed, that has details provided by developers, artists, and other inspired and others inspired by the Castlevania legacy. Released as part of the Konami 50th anniversary celebration, now the best time to relive these timeless classics that helped define the platform platformer genre. I think it should be now is the best time, whatever. Included are Castlevania for NES, Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest for NES, Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse for NES, Super Castlevania 4 for Super Nintendo, Castlevania The Adventure for Game Boy, Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge for Game Boy, Castlevania Bloodlines for Sega Genesis, and Kid Dracula for NES. We are going to do the Metacritic guesses on this one, even though that I'm not sure reviews will come out for the collection, but just in case they do, write down your Metacritic guesses on this one. Reveal in three, two, one. Mine is 85, Sean is 82, Frank 77. And uh, I'm not reading that down on the bottom. I'm not reading that down okay. on the bottom. But, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't find that very funny, sir. <laughs> Uh, is it safe to say we're all buying the Castlevania Anniversary Collection? I'm on the fence. No, I'm absolutely getting it. Not even a question. I it's 20 bucks, on right? Switch. It's 20 on bucks. Switch. Yeah, it's 20 bucks. It's eight Castlevania games, eight phenomenal Castlevania games for 20 bucks. I think it's a steal. I'm going to be buying it for sure. I, I I think there are parts of Castlevania games that won't be present in this and people who are used to what they've been putting out lately will be disappointed. This is definitely for pure, pure fanboys, which I don't know if I am one. I agree with that. So we'll have to see. I consider I consider myself a fan of it, but I don't know that I would say I'm a fanboy either. That's that's tough. I don't know. I'm a fan. I don't know if I'm a fanboy. What's the game coming out from the creator of Castlevania <laughs> soon? Bloodstained. 
Bloodstained. Bloodstained. I'm more I'm more excited for Bloodstained. I'm more excited for Bloodstained. I am. If you like kind of what the modern Castlevania approach is, then get Bloodstained. If you like the old school, get this. Because mm, I, 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 I can argue, I, can argue well, I, I can argue that some of the newer Castlevania stuff, it's all about like the music and like. I, I would say Bloodstained is more the way that like Cas- the Castlevania should have evolved. Yeah, it's it's going away from what Castlevania ended up being with the PS2 and the PS3 and 360, and then they didn't release one this generation. Yeah. You can take Castlevania Judgment and shove it straight up your ass. Lords of Shadow and Lords of Shadow 2, those were 360 and PS3 games, weren't they? So they they skipped Castlevania for this current generation, except for the re-releases and stuff. So, yeah, I would say Bloodstained, man, probably most comparable to, like, Symphony Symphony of the Night. Oh, that, yeah. Yeah, okay, perfect. Yeah. I think that's which how is I think that's on this, right? which, no, which, which is, is the best not, Castlevania, which is it, it is one of the best, probably the best. And yeah, not included on the disc or this collection or whatever. I got to tell you, though, I kind of wish I didn't win. Uh, yeah, Frank, pick of the week this week. <laughs> what, do you go, what is the official pick of the week this week? You know, I'm torn between three, but I, I'm, I'm going to go Rage 2 simply because my hype level is the highest for that. But OK, I, I, I would have easily given this Darkwood or to Playtale. I think the correct choice is Rage 2. Yeah. Wow. That was a hard one there. Um, the, bo- the bottom of the week is Bubsy. Okay. So the official pick of the week is Rage 2 and the official <laughs> uh, bottom of the barrel with Bubsy. <laughs> I'm not going to yes. start doing that every week, though. That's like that's like Frank at Level Down Games, you know, just the bottom of the barrel. But one thing we like doing here on the Maxville podcast, playing games. And we're going to play a game. We're going to play a game. For, yeah, we're going to play a game for our main discussion this week. And I don't know what to title it. I wrote down E3 of Dreams. I want to know. I came up with 10 games. I want to know if these games are going to finally show up at E3 this year. We've heard a lot about these games over the past several years, some of them for a very, very, very long time. I want to know if this is the year these games finally show up and we hear something before the generation ends next year. We know PS5 is coming next year. We know the next Xbox is coming in 2020. Everything is coming next year. It's now or never, I think, for some of these games, if they do plan on releasing, whether that's this generation or maybe even maybe even at all. I don't know. So I have 10 games here and I'll tell you what I think, but I, w- I more want to know what you guys think of these 10 games. E3 of Dreams. We're just going to call it that. First game, Dead Island 2. Yeah. You think Dead Island now not dying light to Dead Island 2. No. We saw a reveal for Dead Island 2, if I'm not mistaken, two years ago, right? Dead Island 2 was officially revealed at E3 2014. And it is, it, it is that trailer with the guy jogging. So five years ago, I, I do think it's time with that. I still say no. OK, so Frank, you're saying no. Sean, you're saying yes. It's been floating around for the longest time. It, it was announced five years ago. I say this is the year. I think this is the year that Dead Island 2 actually reemerges. So Sumo Digital took over development of the game in March 2016, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Which means that it changed hands, which you can safely say is almost a reboot. So that was three years ago. Three years is enough time to really put out enough in the game to release hype material. Three years is enough time to give us a good trailer. Three years isn't enough yeah. time probably to save the mess that they inherited in 2016. Probably not Correct. coming out till late this year or maybe even next year. But I think we see it 
this year. That's the thing. Again, this is E3 of Dreams. Are we going to see it either? Not is it releasing, but are we going to see it? So I, I do think we see it. I think we see it this year. Uh, Sean, you agree. And Frank, you're still saying no. You say no, nope. no to this. Okay. Uh, game number two is Dying Light 2. Do we see that this year? No. Yes. I am still in agreement with Sean. I say no for Dying Light 2. Yeah. What's your basis on uh, not seeing it? We've heard nothing about it. That's why I think we're going to see something. Well, granted, I I tried to I put things on this list that are probably for sure going to be there as as you'll see later on in in the list. But I also put things that I wasn't sure on, like Dead Island 2 and a couple other things I have coming up. But Dying Light 2, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think there's issues. I think the team over there at uh, all Techland Techland is the studio that makes that they are just crafting something great, just like they did with the first one. But you're Sean's same reason for saying no is the same reason I'm saying yes. It's we haven't heard anything from it. And yeah. that's why I could that's see why it. I feel it is being like a, a bigger, a bigger style announcement. Like, hey, look, uh, Dying Light 2 is in production. We know it's in production. We, you know, like, we know we'll it's in production, something. but yeah. Um, I, I honestly think this skips E3. I think it's there next year and then it comes out in the summer. I think they're going to show it at E3 next year and it'll be out in like August or September. But I think because of that, it, I, I, I think it skips this year. So I don't know. I'll tell you, the real reason why I say no is because one, I can't think of what conference or what platform they would showcase it on. It would have to be Microsoft if they're anywhere. Microsoft. It would have to be right, Microsoft right. unless they do kind of funny, which would be a huge get for the kind of funny game showcase. That would be. But we've seen Microsoft go towards these direct style videos and they've teased things and they haven't teased this and they have in my opinion, a platform to wet the whistle and then E3, you drop the bomb. And I just don't, I don't think that they're going to do it without a precursor is my only reason. But I, if it came out, I'd be delighted to see it. Okay. I just don't think that the formula that they're following right now is really conducive to just shadow dropping. Like not, not shadow dropping the game, shadow dropping like a big reveal. I think that they're trying to, you know, maybe get people invested early. and so. It, that's that's my opinion. It could be wrong. Fine. Whatever. We'll I, see. Sh- I should have said we're also not making predictions this episode. This isn't like anything we talk about here. Not official predictions. That's coming. The uh, no, the, that's coming the first week in June. June 3rd. We'll have predictions for E3. This should be called gut check because that's all it is. It's just first impression. You know, E3 gut is check. Is it happen? Is it not? E3 2019 gut check. That's what this is now known as. It is no longer E3 of dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Game number three is agent agent is the game that was announced by rockstar i want to say like in 2009 for ps3 what 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 are rockstar's e3 plans rocks rockstar generally skips e3 rockstar generally skips e3 i know nothing of agents at all okay that's not surprising because it's been a while um, it's been 10 years. It's, 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 it's been a while, but there keeps being rumors. There keeps on being teases that something is coming in regards to agent and Rockstar. I'm going to say yes. I, and I'm going to say no, just because I don't think if Rockstar is going to announce the next thing, that's going to be the thing. It, it might be like expansion for uh, Red Dead. I'm also saying no. I think agent does not show up at E3 this year. I think that agent 
might actually be in development, but I think there's a much better place to announce it if they do, if they are going down that path. So if Agent is in development right now, Agent is by far a PS5 game without question. If it's in development, it is a PlayStation 5 game. I think if they would be smart for them to show it at the event where they debut the PS5, if it's if it's actually a PS5 game, they show it there at the reveal event. I I think that would make more sense. I think that if they if they're going to do it, if they're going to show it, if this is actually going to be. Because the rumor has been that it's going to be Sony exclusive agent was going to just be a PS3 game. If it is still Sony exclusive and it's a next gen game, wouldn't it make more sense to have this big, huge reveal at the PlayStation 5 reveal event instead of E3? Yes and no. I mean, here's the deal. I typed in Rockstar E3 and Google, and usually if there's smoke, there's fire, in my opinion. Sure. There are the top three results are published within the last 21 hours. Okay. And they're all saying rumor Rockstar Games will reveal a new game at E3 2019. And then there's, you know, gosh, there's even more stuff coming down the pipe. So to me, all they have to do is tease something. It's not like they have to do a full on presentation, but just just dropping a name graphic or something for an already established franchise would work. Or if you announce an update for agent, then you at least say, you know, like maybe drop a, a 30 second vignette or something like that. That's all they need to do. I think they would do that. And they would be perfectly fine. It's a good platform for Rockstar to get people buzzing because usually they announce games way before they even come out. So if you're going to release something for PS5, now's the time to do it because it's coming out in a year. That's the issue, though. If Agent... okay, we're not saying the game has to be Agent that Rockstar announces. But if it is Agent, if it's still Sony exclusive, where do they announce it at E3? Unless they do their own thing, Rockstar specifically, because they can't do it anywhere else. And Sony's not having a show. Yeah, they could do it at Microsoft. They couldn't announce agent at Microsoft because that that could be that would be a a Sony exclusive. But if it's. Maybe Bully 2 or Grand Theft Auto 6 or something like that, that could be announced at Microsoft show. Because that would be cross-platform or not cross but you know cross yeah cross-platform that's what i'm trying to say yeah i mean they could just announce it on their own they could also do that e3 is not what it used to be right so when we call something at e3 or we say a company's going to do something at e3 really what we're saying is during the time span of the conference (laughs) actually during the entire week from saturday through thursday they have that entire timeline (laughs) they could just go on their website and be like dropping a new website for agent and you just go there and it's like a a countdown clock or a graphic that says coming to ps5 or anything and it would be considered an announcement right so i don't feel like that's out of the realm of possibility to have rockstar do something during e3 and it would make sense that a big company like that coming off a huge new release wants to keep its name going and keep the steam going on the Rockstar brand right. to at least say something. Even if it's a Twitter post with a hyperlink that says it's like a bit link and it just says coming soon. Even just the tweet with like 
a logo reveal. We always talk about logo reveals. Maybe it's just a re-reveal of the logo, like as in GIF form on Twitter. <laughs> That's yeah. all that could just do something like that. That's all it needs to be. All it needs to it be. It doesn't have to be fancy. It just has to get the job done, right? So right. if you're going to have E3 next year come out, the PS5 is coming out before E3 next year, right? No, it'll be out in the fall no. of next year. The fall. Yeah. Okay, so if they cheese so next, it now, next E3 they can will do be it like next the, year. It'll be the big blowout for PS5. Right. You tease it now. Next year, you do the big blowout or during a state of play. Mm -hmm. To me, it's not out of the realm of possibility to say something. Game number four from Capcom, Deep Down. Is Deep Down going to come back this year? Deep Down was shown at the PlayStation 4 reveal event. It, it looked very much like Dragon's Dogma. It had a guy getting like bathed in fire by a dragon. And it was like the only thing that we saw, but it looked absolutely stunning and amazing. We don't know anything about what Capcom is doing right now. That's literally that's, that's what's driving my my, my thoughts. Here. Capcom slate is kind of wiped clean with after the release of Resident Evil 2 remake and Devil May Cry 5. There's rumors that, you know, we, we there's rumors they're working on Resident Evil 8. There's rumors they're working on the Resident Evil 3 Nemesis remake. There's rumors that they're working on a Dino Crisis reboot. But could they actually be working on Deep Down? Yes. I I say no. I, I say I still say this. Is a I, no. I, I, don't, I, I don't. They have nothing else going on right now. I think it's going to be Dino. I think it's going to be Dino Crisis instead this year. I do. They have a confirmed time slot. No, Capcom doesn't have a show. Capcom would have to be at Capcom usually goes to Microsoft's shows. Uh, if you the, the DMC reveals and things were always done at Microsoft stage events. So if they're anywhere, if they're anywhere, they're on Microsoft stage this year. I would argue that Capcom's only going to reveal one thing if they are in the Microsoft show. Agreed. And I think that one thing is Dino Crisis. Yeah, it's if if I had to guess, I would say we're not going to see deep down. OK, Frank, you say you say that you say the we will. I say yes, because I don't think they have anything else going on. I don't, I don't know. They only think Dino Crisis is going to show up this time. OK, so you think deep down instead of Dino Crisis? Uh, honestly, you could have said anything, Capcom, and I would have probably said yes, because I have, <laughs> they have nothing. Yeah, that's true. Street Fighter six. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have asked them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a do I want to see, it's do I think we'll see. Right, exactly. Uh, game number five, because we know Square Enix is having their own showcase once again this year, and we know there will be other things there besides just Final Fantasy VII Remake. Is it time for the Crystal Dynamics developed Avengers game? Yes. It has to be yes. I say yes as well. I say yes as well. I think this is the the big blowout for this title. Uh gonna be huge. I think I think Square Enix's press conference will be revolved around this. Final Fantasy VII remake, Babylon's Fall, and like one other thing. Sixteen? Mm, no. I think they'll focus on just seven remake this year. You 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 you'll you need to tease Chris, it for it for no. a little while? I wish Crystal I wish Chronicles. Could be a thing. Yeah, Crystal Chronicles will probably be there. That that's true. That'll that'll definitely be there in like smaller form. But like in terms of big titles, it'll be this seven remake, whatever I said. Uh, I don't even remember what I said. Babylon's Fall and something else. Yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah, though I think this has to be it. Tie it in with the hype of the movie now. You know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe coming to a quote unquote closure for the time being. Put out the game now. Maybe it's an original story. Maybe it's something different. That'd be cool. I have no idea how they're going to do. I have no idea what they're going to do with this. I have no problem with an original story taking place post endgame. 
or which is why which is, which is why they could have waited or otherwise they should have went earlier while the while you know struck with iron was super hot what if they waited because it takes place yeah you're right if it takes place after the reason that they had to wait is because of movie spoiler type stuff so now e3 in june you know a month and a half after the movie came out maybe that's why we now finally are going to be able to get to see it i'm going to make the argument that it has nothing to do with the mcu that's also a possibility. that's also a possibility that's why i said original story it's also a possibility you know when you look at Marvel games, they never really reflect even what's going on in the comics. So you know, they, they're always adaptations. You know, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance Civil War game didn't even mirror what happened in the comics. <laughs> so it, it's just going to be a premise. It's going to be a reimagining. It's going to be a whole new universe. And the Ultimate Alliance games, they have to be that anyways, because you're putting together all these characters and you have to make it to where all of them can shine in the situation, which is not how the comics work. Everyone always has one pivotal little moment or they're key players. It's never in between. So, I mean, we'll we'll see something fun and we just need to take it as that. But we are all in agreement that this game will be there this year. We're all Absolutely. saying yes. Yeah. One of the showcases of the entire E3. OK. Uh, looking over at Nintendo's side of things, Bayonetta 3. Will it be there this year? Or not? Yeah. Yes. 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 I say no. Really? Oh, yeah. Is that a next year title? Is that what's going on? I, I, I'm, there's no, no ifs, ands, or buts in my mind. Bayonetta 3 is a 2020 game, and Nintendo usually focuses on 20, like the current year stuff. But the reason I stuck it on here is because they do sometimes have trailers. They, it, if it shows up in trailer form, then it's there. It's, it's, it, it's, you guys are absolutely correct. But, because they usually have maybe like one or two trailers for things coming the next year. Like they did that for Metroid prime four. They did that for, yeah. Oh man, I forget what else they did oh, that for. Cause you just said that, uh, the treehouse is going to be three days long. Treehouse is always three days long, but they usually take in-depth dives into the games that they showcase during the direct and they'll do it multiple times. I think maybe they'll talk to the developers of Bayonetta 3. You know, like they could. Like, they absolutely could. Yeah. That, that's something they've done in the past. Uh, they think they did that with the Yoshi games. They, they went and talked to like the dudes over at Good Feel. I mean, that, that's things that they do. And it's super cool when they do that. But I and I think this year I'm actually going to watch the entirety of Treehouse Live because I have nothing else going on that week. And it was just perfect. I can just sit back, play games on my TV, put Treehouse Live on the computer and just, you know, dual monitor, dual box. It be perfectly set for E3. I think I'm going to do that this year. Because I, I miss a lot Honestly, of good stuff at Treehouse. La Vita Bella, man. Mm-hmm. You live in the good yeah, life. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, dude, remember the Treehouse event two years ago is where we learned about Samus Returns on 3DS. They didn't even show <laughs> that in the Nintendo Direct. That was actually announced and revealed during Treehouse Live. Sometimes they do that. If Bayonetta 3 doesn't make the Nintendo Direct, but is still shown at Treehouse Live, you guys are still right because it's still there at E3. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm I'm going to go out and I'm saying it is not going to be there, that that'll be a big focus for them in next year, though. I will make the argument that if you take Pokemon out, you have a big void for Nintendo. And Pokemon we know that they is for sure not going to be in their Nintendo Direct. Correct. So if you look at what Nintendo's got coming out soon, it's not a whole lot of big name titles. So, I mean, if you take Pokemon out of the release schedule for Nintendo, you have a big void between October and December where you could easily hype up Bayonetta 3 a little bit for a Q1 2020 release. Yeah. At E3. Yeah. It's possible. Do they need to? No. 
I mean, they could save that for a direct later in Q Q three this year, mm-hmm. which could, would be great. Could, could to come be in off their of big E3. fall direct. Exactly. That could be their big fall direct game. Right. So, I mean, it could go either way. Yep. 50, 50. Yep. This one we'll have to wait and see. Looking forward to seeing more on Bayonetta three though. Really want to play that game. The next game we have, or the, yeah, the next game we have, what is it? Four left. Wild. Michael Ansel's Wild, which was announced several, several, several years ago. If you're not sure what that is, quickly look it up. Uh, it, it could actually, this could actually be the year that it redebuts. But again, this was showcased at a Sony event. And the fact that Sony isn't having a press conference this year could be an indicator that it probably won't be there. But again, we have the kind of funny game showcase stepping up and filling voids. Maybe it went multi-platform. Maybe it, maybe it shows up at Microsoft stage. I have no idea. Or more realistically, maybe it's just canceled because I haven't heard anything about this game since it was announced. But will Wild re-debut this year? Yes. You say yes. Yeah. I mean, there was just a demo up late February, early March. So maybe. Maybe. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well. Only because... On March 18th of 2019, Sony filed for a new trademark for Wild. So they're not going to they're probably not going to give it to somebody else to announce at the at E3. Right. They will save it for a state of play later on this year if they do a state of play. So we can probably say this one's for sure. But again, kind they could let kind of funny do it they, again. If it shows up anywhere, it could be kind of funny. That would be like the only other place I could see this appearing because kind of funny has a good working relationship with Sony and PlayStation. So I, I could see that easily potentially being a thing, but All right. I don't know. I mean, thanks. maybe, maybe, maybe who knows? Uh, three games left. The next one is a Ubisoft title. Will beyond good and evil Two be at E3 this year. I want to say yes. So bad. Cause I want, I want this now. Uh, you it, know it has to, I'm, gonna, I, I'm, I'm just going to, it has to, it has to, I'm it putting has, it out. There ha- it, this has to be there. It was there last year and it looked good. It looked good. I want to see more on this game, but I could also see the argument of it skipping E3 this year. I could see the argument you know, because you, know, you, know, you think it's far enough for them to. I I'm I'm sure it's far enough along to show something new that we haven't seen before. But I'm starting to wonder if this is going to make it in this generation. It's one of those things as we get closer and closer to the end of the generation. I think I, I, it always sucks when a generation ends. Yeah, because then you start to wonder. Then you start to wonder, you know, is this just going to be next gen? And if so, I could easily see this slipping more and more and maybe taking a year off. So uh, I am going to say yes, that we see it this year. But I could see the argument for maybe why we wouldn't. Sean, what do you think? Two things. One, the screenshots of the game don't really make me think that it's going to be a huge PS5 title. Sure. Two, it's Ubisoft. Yeah. So when you look at Ubisoft, they have nothing going on right now. And they well, are they definitely break point. They have breakpoint. They have skull and, yeah. skull and bones that that's going to still be a thing. But they, none of those <laughs> are even close to to really being anything right now because they haven't released anything besides like a hype trailer. You know what I mean? Like if they're going to show something off this year, it's probably going to be something like this that's been in development. And you look at. Beyond Good and Evil 2, the original was released back in 2003. Yeah. Right. The original Beyond Good and Evil. So I I don't know. I kind of am on the fence is what I'm getting. Okay. Ubisoft Ubisoft definitely likes to be at the big boys table and they like to be talked about. 
And I don't feel like they have anything else this year to really talk about. So maybe you see this pop up just to keep their name out there. It doesn't mean that the game's coming out soon, but no. maybe they talk about it. Because I don't think they talk about Assassin's Creed this year. I don't think they talk about Assassin's Creed this year. I, I have the perfect Assassin's Creed game for them to make. You said it in Westeros. You do like a Game of Thrones Assassin's Creed. He plays like one of the faceless men. Yeah. Can you play as a Starbucks coffee cup? Something that just popped I'm, into I'm, my mind. I'm surprised you saw that. It was there for a fractional second. <laughs> I, I didn't see it. I saw the pictures. <laughs> I, I will be bold. Okay. And I will say that Beyond Good and Evil 2 is talked about by Google Stadia. Oh, you think Google Stadia is going to actually do something during E3? Okay. They have to. I hope they do. That would I change. That, that would a, change. A that would change a lot of what we're talking about because that could be something that gets announced. You know, we're still a month away from E3. There's still time for Google to come out and say, hey, guess what? We're going to have a showcase for Stadia at E3. They, they had a totally Gamescom presentation. It's not like they announced it. They had a print. They had a demo, right? Yeah, yeah. So now they can have another demo and talk about their library. And hey, Beyond Good and Evil 2 is coming out to this, this Stadia platform. Hey, look at this. We have all these old retro titles. Google could easily do an hour yeah. on Stadia. They, they absolutely could. They could talk about their plans to help make it accessible to people who don't have the optimal internet connections or environments. And they, they could do all sorts of different things. And it's Google. You know, they've done it. They, they wouldn't have announced it and done a demo if they didn't have this thing almost ready to go with it. It'd be a good get for them as well. Yeah, absolutely. They have a great relationship with Ubisoft right now. They're showcasing Assassin's yeah. Creed all over their stuff. Yeah, Jade Raymond. I mean, you know, she used to work at Ubisoft. So there's there's definitely some connections there. You you might be onto something. You definitely might be onto something. Or who knows? I wonder. I wonder if Google Stadia doesn't have their own showcase if they sneak their way into Ubisoft showcase. Yeah, I feel like that would be kind of dirty, though. Not necessarily, because it could be a partnership between the two. You think Ubisoft is going to show Beyond Beyond Good and Evil Two and say available? Good first on Stadia. Why not? They could. I mean. If they're going to do an exclusive, that, that could be their way of sneaking into the show. <laughs> if they're going to do an exclusive on a game, it would be a game that hasn't had a, a sequel since 2003, where you can roll the dice on it and be like, yeah, we'll exclude. We'll release it first on Stadia. And then a week isn't after, it, we'll isn't the new in television doing that in television, Amico with Earthworm Jim? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. But that guy, that guy owns that franchise. basically, of course, right? Of course. Yeah. 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 This is a little different, but a little, little different. We have. We'll see. We have. We'll see. We have two more games to go over. And because I couldn't really think of anything else, I, I came up with eight good ones. I uh, I just chose two. <laughs> I chose two more Nintendo ones because we are all okay. huge Nintendo fans here. So the Intellivision Amico will be at E3. <laughs> the Intellivision Amico will not be at E3. Uh, oh gosh. Metroid Prime 4. Do we see it? No. No. Absolutely not. But do we see a retro game at E3? Yes. Okay. I hope so. I want to say yes as well because I still want either Star Fox Grand Prix or something else to be there. Kid Icarus. Uh, Kid Icarus would be fine. Something like that. Something developed by retro. We know they're working on Metro Prime 4. They just took over the reins from Bandai Namco earlier this year when it was delayed indefinitely. Uh, we'll have to see. I know Metro Prime 4 definitely not going to be there, but maybe Retro still will be. I don't know. That is a switchback title, in my opinion. Yeah. Metro, Metro Prime 4. A switch what? 
I call it the sequel to the Switch, the Switchback. Okay. <laughs> like, what the hell are you talking about? The Switchback. Uh, okay. Like Nickelback, Frank's favorite band. Look at this photograph. That one? Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Game number 10. <laughs> Game number 10 is a, just a fun little silly one because it's definitely going to be there. But I put it on the list because we haven't heard anything about it since it was announced. But it was only announced a couple months ago. Will Animal Crossing be at E3, guys? Is Animal Crossing going to be there? I'll tell you what. Okay, hold here's, on, guys. No, and I say this with all sincerity. What if it's not? You remember? Let me take a trip down memory lane with you. About like a year ago, we, we did an e, we did a Nintendo video, you and I, Brian. It yeah, was like my it was, first it was appearance a, on LDG. It was a Nindies, if I'm not mistaken, or a, like a, a Spring Nindies, Showcase or some sort of thing. A Nindies Direct, right? Yeah. We the overlay was a villager and we were like Animal Crossing a riot and then not one effing peep. Yep. About Animal Crossing the entire time. Yep. I, I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it past Nintendo. Now, I will say this. Yes, since they've already announced it. And if they didn't, that would be a cardinal sin. <laughs> I, I it's a it's a yes for me as well. It's got to be there. But it is not ridiculous to speculate whether or not they will just not talk about it because it's Nintendo. because it's Nintendo. Absolutely. They could pull the ultimate troll move and not have it be there, but then have an entire Nintendo direct 30 minutes dedicated to nothing but Animal Crossing in July. They could totally yeah, do something. Absolutely. They could totally do something like that. I, I, and for that, I'm saying no. I'm saying you, oh, you, I'm you say Animal Crossing <laughs> skips either. This isn't a game, so there's no points involved. There's no winners and no losers. <laughs> Frank's a loser every single day, but there's. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm a racer. I'm a winner. In the uh, what do we call this in E3 gut check? There's no winners and losers. I will tell you this. If Animal Crossing is not the premier title for E3, their E3 has failed. No. What else is coming out right now that they could talk about? Luigi's Mansion 3 is the only other big Luigi's Mansion 3 and Link's Awakening. So they have they have a decent fall. Mario Kart 11 or 12. Mario Mario Kart will not be announced this year because they're going to focus on Mario Mario Kart Tour. They're going to focus on the, the the mobile version this year, that, but that's not like a big thing. They're not going to that's not going to get a dedicated press conference type time slot. But yeah, I honestly think that Pokemon is going to be mentioned. I don't think it's going to be highlighted. I, it I do never think it's has be been. That. I mean, it, it's been like, oh, we're working on something. We're doing this. But like they don't ever really ever show it because they do their own directs. We know for a fact we're probably going to have a Pokemon direct by the end of the month. We usually always do. We usually always get a big Pokemon direct in May before E3, and that's where we're going to find out everything we want to know about Sword and Shield. And we'll be, you know, foaming at the mouth for more information as soon as they give us it and they're willing to give us it. But I don't know that it shows up at their actual press conference or Nintendo Direct, whatever we want to call it. But the fact that they have Luigi's Mansion 3, which is a big fall game. I mean, granted, I'm really excited for Luigi's Mansion 3. They also have Link's Awakening, another game I'm super excited for. Maybe if Bayonetta 3 is there, I could be, might not be. They still have Town. They still have Fire Emblem Three Houses. They still have Astral Chain coming in August. They have a lot of a lot of things to talk about. I mean, I guess they could talk about Damon X Machina again. It's not out yet. They have things that they can showcase that isn't Animal Crossing. New line. I think I think the problem is <laughs> how popular the title is, right? When you have an established franchise and people are clamoring for it, 
that's the big platform. I don't I, I think stuff like town and all that, they're perfect in the little like Q3. Yeah. Direct that they're going to do. But Animal Crossing speculatory what we're looking at a Q3 release anyways. September. It's yeah. got to happen. E3's got to got to be the time. If it's not there, people are going to get pissed. People are going to get severely, severely pissed off if it's not there. I'll tell you what, if it's not there, I'll buy an Amiibo, though. If it's not there, you will buy an Amiibo. Mm-hmm. If it's not there, I've, I've never purchased an Amiibo. If it's not there, I will buy a Tom Nook Amiibo or something like that. In protest? Just to show them that we want it. Just because I need a little Animal Crossing in my life already. <laughs> I, I'm, I am at the point where I have called and called and called and they won't call back. And now I'm thinking like they just don't like me. You know, yeah. What you're supposed to do is you're supposed to send them a present in a, in a letter, and then they'll send you the game back. That's how that works. That's how that usually. Yeah, yeah. That's how that works in game. E three got checked. That's what that was though. Ten games that we are. Some of them just fun, silly ones that were. They're probably going to be there, but a lot of ones that we're unsure of that we want to see more of, but we're not sure if we will. So yeah. as I, as I mentioned, E three is about a month away. Tune in leveldowngames.com. All of our E3 coverage, all of our reaction videos will be up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash leveldowngames. It's going to be a very hectic month. We will be talking a lot. You will hear a lot about E3 over the next 30 days because E3 is it's a busy time of the year. It's a shitty time of the year because we are constantly busy and constantly new things to talk about. And it's hard to stay up to date on everything because there's so many things happening at once but it's it's a hectic time it, and it, it is fun it is definitely fun so we're in for a treat i think this year i think this is gonna be a good a3 i hope the fact that the fact that we're gonna finally start learning about next generation with microsoft specifically i think means this is gonna be a good e3 so we'll have to wait and see well you know what's exciting about e3 just to cap that off sure they haven't announced anything about the hardware for this yet and i think that they've did it on purpose because they're they're going to really try to blow it out of the water at E3. So Microsoft you're that. talking about? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're going to try to go out there and they're going to try to go out there and, and be better than what Sony announced with the PS5 at, in the Wired article. Yep. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It will. It's going to be a good show. They're going to go out there and they're going to try to pull all the stops out. I'm most excited to watch what Microsoft does this year because they they have... It's, it's, it's their year to friggin' the just, ball is in their court. Yeah, exactly. The ball is 1000% in their court and it's going to be a really, really, really good show. Can't wait for that. That music right there, though, means it's time to jump into a little kickstart my heart. Oh, yeah. Hope, oh, it, never, yeah. hope it never stops. And uh, we got a good one here. At least I think it's a good one. We have an, a fun. beautiful handcrafted worlds conjuring magic portals. Frank, every time you mention the word portal, Frank's usually always there. The name of the That's game. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm down. <laughs> the name of the game is Unbound Worlds Apart. And there, before I even talk about it, there is a demo that is available on their Kickstarter page. You can download it. I did download the demo last night. I played through the demo. I'll talk about it here in a minute. But yeah, again, the game is known as Unbound Worlds Apart. Solve puzzles by summoning magical portals, beware monsters and traps, and outsmart them all using the wisdom of your ancestors and the power of your portals. Unbound is a single-player journey that will take you from the most amazing and serene landscapes to the horrific world of evil and despair. This atmospheric platformer will challenge you with puzzles every step of the way. 
Sully has the power to conjure magical portals that connect various worlds and interact with the unique physical properties of each contrasting dimension. This game looks really good. It looks that's what I know. And, and it plays good, man. I like I mentioned I downloaded the demo, even though it's a super early demo. What is there? Absolutely works. And your character has the ability by pushing one of the face buttons on the controller to, as you're seeing in all these gifts here on the Kickstarter page, you, you creating portals and you create portals to get past certain things in the one dimension. But you don't know what's going to be there when you create a portal in another to another dimension. So there could be like there's one that shows like this giant, ugly ass looking tarantula thing that appears in the portal that the guy is creating that can go off and kill him now. And it could go through the portal and kill you. So it's one of the things like one of the chances that you're taking with this game and it's fun. Like it, it, it's a platforming game. You go in at within the, the early area of the demo I played. You have like this wall you can't pass. You make a portal. The wall's not there in the other dimension. You walk through and you close the portal. You're on the other side of the wall. Like yeah, puzzles are going to get more intricate than that. But that's just an example. And I really enjoyed what I played. Frank, I think you would absolutely dig this. Oh, I'm down. Uh, this is a triumph. I'm making a note here. Huge success. Huge. What does that mean? It's hard to overstate my satisfaction. Those are the lyrics are still alive by, by uh, Portal. Oh, what tier did you jump in at? <laughs> uh, I jumped into the $15 tier, The Conjurer. Okay. Nice. So that's going to get you a digital copy of the game on Steam at launch. You'll also get access to their exclusive community, and your name will also be mentioned in the Conjurer section of the credits. Uh, they're saying May 2020, so the game's about a year away. Uh, Frank, download the demo, man. I think you'd enjoy this. I think you'd actually you'd really get a kick out of this game. It reminds me a lot of um, what was the, oh, the Messenger. It reminds me a lot of the messenger when being able to like jump back and forth through like the portals and like the 8 bit, 16 bit stuff of the of the messenger. That's what that portal jumping kind of reminds me of. And I think you'd really dig it. I think you'd enjoy it. I think the game looks really good. You know, honestly, my favorite kind of platformer is one where you don't attack the enemies. It's just trying to get through the level. And, and the reason why behind that is because usually that requires a little more finesse and a little more in my opinion skill to get through a level is because a lot of times if you just beat the enemy you're not trying to find a way to actually um overcome anything you're just you're just using an ability to knock them off the screen and i feel like that kind of that was the only part of the mario franchises that i didn't like was like the fireballs because it just it kind of defeated the purpose of what a platformer is for me it's all about just traversing your environment so now, a lot of people might, you know, look at me and be like, come on, man, that's the best part of the game. But I, I don't know. To me, this game captures a different approach where you can you're almost like playing two levels at once because it's not like you summon a portal and then it's the same thing every time and you know what to count on it. You're literally rolling the dice and saying, oh, OK, maybe I can get something better on the other side. And from what we see in the gifts, it's fairly obvious. And I think they do that on purpose. But there will be subtle things in this game where you could probably get through on either dimension, but one will be more suited towards your style. Right. Or it might be more suited towards what you're trying to do as an individual and not just what the level dictates. That's what's intriguing to me. That's what looks fun. So I agree, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think this game is a triumph, but we'll see what happens when as more comes out closer to 2020, right? Yeah, May 2020. The cool thing is that the portals you're creating to the other dimension 
you have to work within the confines of the portal itself. So in the gifts you're looking at and the screenshots and the images and all that stuff, when you see the portal, you can't go outside of that. Like if you try to jump on a platform, you'll just fall through. Like you have to yeah, work it, it, within the, the confines of, of the small little portals that you're creating. Plus it's showing it's, different kinds of portals, ones that make you go faster, ones that make you super strong. That's right, pretty cool. Right. It's neat. There's there's one there's like there's different types of portals in the game too, from what I can see. Like there's there's uh like little archways where you pass through it and you're automatically in a new dimension and that's yeah. just the way that it is. Mm -hmm. Um, also there's like black and white where like you're in a dark level and, you, and then you can cast light and you can see what's happening in the level. Um, there's, there's actually like, it, it looks like to me, there's also anti-grav in the game. So like you can walk on the roof. Yes. And yes. There's a portal that makes like it. That. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there's just, there's different cool things and, and I think it looks really awesome. I, I think the speed portal is going to be the trickiest and you'll see a lot of people die on that. But yeah, that looks super cool. My only question is when you're on a platform level, do you only have access to one type of portal? I don't or know. as you progress through the game, can you cast different dimensional portals to get through the level? Because that'll add a whole new element where let's say, like I said earlier, you could get through the level no matter what if you use a portal, but it's up to you to choose which one and that'll change the experience. That would be super cool. Yeah, like multiple, multiple ways to reach the same conclusion type of a thing, branching paths. Yeah, yeah. which leads the game very well to speed running, which I know is not the entire point of games these days, but it adds fanfare and flair to what they're doing and, and it'll eventually make the game more popular because it's got a following. Not right? only that, but it adds life to the game after it's done. Yeah, and I think if you can release a game that like that, that's a platformer, that'll be fun too. And it's exciting to me because I, I love games done quick and stuff like that. So absolutely, um, this game looks like it could totally be a games done quick. Animation style, super cool. The artwork is oh, awesome. I'm, I'm loving the art style. Yeah, everything is really cool about this. So keep an eye on it. It's that's called Soundtrack. Soundtrack's good. Soundtrack's good. Soundtrack is exactly. being... So there's a link in the uh, Kickstarter to listen to it on SoundCloud too. So yeah, and, okay, it, and okay. it's and it's being uh, it's being done by Cosmin Mirza, a freelance composer that has composed a couple other indie games, uh, centrally located in Romania. But yeah, what I actually listened to and heard, it's it's good. I'm looking forward to hearing more cool. of it, seeing what it is. But yeah, it is called Whoa. Unbound Worlds Apart. It is on Kickstarter. 25 days to go as a time of recording, 380 backers. They're currently looking for 25,000 US dollars. It's sitting at just shy of 11,000. So it'll get it. It'll get it. Yeah, no, it's absolutely going to make a goal. It might not like crush it. I didn't even see there is where there was no stretch goals in the campaign. No, no stretches. But so, I mean, it's not like going to crush anything, but it's going to at least get funded and made. And that's all that matters. So again, yeah. Unbound Worlds Apart on Kickstarter. But that sound right there means we have slipped into the bonus stage. For newcomers, what the bonus stage consists of is a series of five questions. Whomever is the first to shout out their name and then deliver the correct answer within three seconds gets the point. If you guess and get it wrong, the others have a chance to answer once. If everyone is incorrect, we move on. The person with the most amount of points at the end of bonus stage gets to deliver the final address before the outro. Five questions as always, in my opinion, ranked from easiest to hardest. Are you ready? Let's do it. Sean, you think you have a chance to beat the, the reigning defending champion? Oh, this you're, week? you're trash talking. Oh, okay, okay. It doesn't um, matter what you think. 
<laughs> I feel like Steve Blackman right now. I feel like I I feel like I just came out to the ring and I looked at Jack and I had my kendo stick and then someone just said something to piss me off and trigger me and I just lost the mat. Yeah, that's what happens, man. That's what happens. That's why he was the... Uh, what was his nickname? The Living Weapon? Lethal Weapon? The 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 Lethal Weapon? Steve Blackman? Was that it? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't remember. Anyway. Whatever happened to Steve Blackman? Hey, if you're listening to the show, holler at your boy. <laughs> He's out there. He's a listener. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I tried to get it so that you guys would actually know some of these answers because... Oh! I've, easy uh, mode. I, um, I, I, I did answer four out of five, actually. Well, yes, you did, but... I mean, it, it definitely seems that the questions have been a bit harder than I thought they were. Um, okay. So. I, I know what's happening right now. I, I know what's happening right now. What's happening right now? Tell me you did not just say that. You're insulting my gaming acumen intelligence. No, I would never. You did. You did and you did and you did. <laughs> I I would never do such a thing. Sean has feelings. Not that we care about them, but he has them. Question number one. <laughs> Question number one. Remember, oh, by the way, did you go back and listen? You could actually hear Frank saying Frank I, before. Okay. Again, I have, to, I have to go by what I said. There's no way I can that because it's all the same audio track. <laughs> cue, cue the rewind track, the blockbuster special. I was wrong. Yep. You were right. Yep. Frank got it. Don't ever tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> I pay close attention to the sound. I know, I know, I know. I'm freaking awesome. You don't have to tell me. Anyway, <laughs> question number if his one. his head get any bigger, it'd be a freaking parade float. Okay, here we go. Question number one. Name the first three original starter Pokemon. Frank. Squirtle, Bulbasaur, and Charmander. Point to Frank. Charmander, Charmander! <laughs> question number two. What was the first home console released during the new millennium? Sean. PlayStation. No. Oh. Frank, the Nintendo GameCube. No. The New Millennium. That was the one? That was not the first one. The New Millennium obviously marked as the year 2000. The first console released during the New Millennium, PlayStation 2. Oh, I get 2000 it. 2000 counts? That's not fair. 2000 okay. is the New Millennium, Frank. <laughs> I, th I, I, I thought I won. That's why I said the GameCube. No, I know. I know. I knew where you were going with that. But yeah, 2000 still, that that was the turn of the Millennium. So 2000 counts. You son of a Did play bitch. PlayStation came out in like 98, right? PlayStation was 95. Nine, oh, wow, I suck. Okay. Yeah, you really did it. You, you really did try to make them easier for me, huh? <laughs> Question number three. Not just for you, for everybody. Question number three. What is the name of the device that appears in Assassin's Creed, which enables people to time travel? Oh my god. Sean. 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 The Animus. Yes! It is the Animus. Point to okay. Sean. We are tied. We have a tie game. We have we have a game going on in bonus stage this week. Question number right. Question number four. Why did Princess Peach invite Mario to the castle in Super Mario 64? Frank. Frank? Anal. No. <laughs> Sean, do you have a guess? Sean only speaks through the through the uh, through the soundboard now. You know, Mario was like, 
Yeah. No way, dude. No freaking way did you just do that. Do you have a legit <laughs> guess, Sean? A real reason why Princess Peach invited Mario to the castle in Super Mario 64? <sighs> Can I admit something to you guys? I have never really what? played Super Mario 64. What? Um, I never I never owned a Nintendo 64. I was playing what? at my buddy's house. What? Now, what, what, what was, the, was the actual answer for cake? Yes. Okay, um, I knew the I knew the answer. And I tried to give. I tried, I tried, I tried to give more of items, so you know that. Uh, the actual answer is that she baked him a cake. Yes, but but I that is not a point. Here. That is not a point for Frank because I'm not taking the point. I, don't lay down on that for me. You knew it. You knew it. You can. Uh, yes, it. You did a joke. I, I, I did it for comedy's sake. I'm sorry. But I'm not giving you the point because you said something before the actual answer. All right, <laughs> we're still tied one to one. It all oh, comes man. down. To question number five, what graphic adventure by Rand and Robin Miller did PC computing dub the, quote, first new age game, end quote? Frank, the Oregon Trail. No. I'm, I'm correct. You are not correct. <laughs> <laughs> it is not the first new age no, game. I, I, I'm going to petition this. No. <laughs> um, Sean, do you have it is it is a very legendary game like the Oregon Trail, but it is not the Oregon Trail. Sean, do you have a guess? I don't know. Age of Empires. It, know. Was it Maniac Mansion? It was not Maniac Mansion or Age of Empires. It was actually Frank. I'm surprised you didn't get it. Missed. Really? Yep. Whoa! So, in the inevitable event that we come to a tie, as we just did with bonus stage, I had to come up with a tiebreaker question. And I actually had to stop the show and find one because I didn't anticipate us coming to a tie. Your tiebreaker question. What Tchaikovsky tune is played when a high score is achieved in Battlezone? <laughs> You're not going to get this one. There's no way. Sean, Sean what do you say? Symphony number nine. Ooh, that's a good guess. But no, uh, Frank. Frank. I don't have any. I don't have any idea. Okay, uh, Sean. I actually thought you were gonna get it. It's the 1812 overture. Uh, 1812 overture is the answer to that one. Which means I need another tiebreaker bonus question because you guys don't know your Tchaikovsky history. What is wrong with you? This one is a very easy question. So oh no, uh, be ready. Wait for the question to end. Wait Sean. for the question to end, but I want a winner, so we have an easy one. The tiebreaker question. What highly addictive puzzle game designed by a Russian programmer features Russian buildings and music? Frank. Sean. Frank. Tetris. Tetris is the winner. Yep. Suck it! <laughs> he did it again! No. Nope. It's got to be something with the delay. Like, you must always hear yourself first or something like that. I'm, I'm not sure how it is, but I'm hearing it how you guys actually say it. So I thought I thought we had gotten past this. <laughs> <laughs> so Frank's still sitting on the old throne there, winning bonus stage once again this week, which means Frank, which means that wasn't that Kyle's tune. Yeah, but he's not here and I had to get it in somehow. OK, maybe just like a big F you to Kyle right there. Who cares? No yeah, no, 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 Appa no, apparently I, I nobody, will, uh, apparently nobody. I don't know. No one said anything. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, rest his soul. Frank, final words before we get out of here. I have actually decided 
to let Sean have the last word. Oh man, what? he's feeling bad. Talk a lot. As as an heir, of, uh, I'm being gracious. You do talk a lot, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being gracious. Uh, I normally would have plugged uh, our upcoming max level, but this is, uh, I, I'm holding a BG Mania. Lo, lo, lo siento. Uh, but the floor is yours. You know, guys, I just want to take a moment and talk about BG Mania. It's a show we do over here at Level Down Games. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you straight up, I didn't even, I, I'm drawing a blank because I thought I lost. I, I always assume <laughs> that I lost. Of course he has nothing because he knows he's never going to win. I'm the greatest <laughs> of all the times. Tune in next week to watch me dominate all these Rudy Pooh candy asses. <laughs> this was a setup. This was a setup. He knew he didn't have anything prepared. He wanted to make him look bad. <laughs> this, was, this was a setup. Sean? Get good. Get, good. <laughs> Get that crap out of here. Well, that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level. <laughs> made possible by LevelDownGames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to share your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash games and subscribe to us there. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up Twitch.tv forward slash games and click that follow button. We're not live often. If we ever do go live, it's on YouTube gaming, but we don't really go live that often anymore. If you want to follow someone that's live often, Twitch.tv forward slash Bruce underscore deduce. That's B-R-U-C-E underscore D-E-D-E-U-C-E. He is live on a typical week-to-week basis, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and then either Saturday or Sunday. Typically, it's been Sunday lately, uh, but his normal schedule is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But Tuesday, Thursday, always. Saturday or Sunday, one of the two days is usually his schedule. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach Max! Max! Level! Level. Anal. Really, Frank? Anal. Really, Frank? <laughs> you could have had the competition one right there! If there's a chance at comedy, I am going to take that chance. <laughs> <laughs>